we usually record some sort of intro. You got anything? Who is the coolest like celebrity you can think of? Like if you were to run coolest? into them, yeah, like you'd want to impress them. Oh, I mean, my mind immediately went to you and McGregor. Okay. I don't know if he necessarily still holds that crown, but um... all right. So let's say you're at a party, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really know anyone. The person you came with, like, they're there for something else. So it's like you're kind of on your own for a while. You're at the the table getting some food. You're fucking up, like, buttering a cracker or something. I don't fuck that up. Sure. You're you're trying to get some kind of complicated hors d'oeuvre situation happening. You and you're like somebody's watching me, and you look over, and it's fucking you and McGregor just eyeballing you. What do you do? I think I just bro nod. You just bro nod, mm-hmm. and then what? That's it. Okay. I'm not like a a real like celebrity file. Like I I I feel weird. Like I I wouldn't want to go up to a celebrity and be like, hey man, I like your stuff. Like I'd be too embarrassed. Okay. So let's say like later on, your friend comes back and they're like, oh, there's someone I want to introduce you to. Have you met Ewan? And you're you're now face to face with Ewan McGregor. I'd be like, hey man. I don't know. And he's like, you're the fucking cracker guy. I can't do a Scottish accent. I'm not the cracker guy. I feel like I would want to like casually wait till he's gone out to the balcony and like I go out there too with a beer of my own, but like on the other on the other end, you know. Mm-hmm. And just like stare out and like this fucking town, man. You're gonna this fucking town yeah. to you McGregor? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you McGregor's your top. Ah, uh, sure. I don't know. What if it was like George Clooney? Uh, who cares? I don't know. He's. Okay. I don't really care about. Clinton. What if it was like BD Wong? That'd be interesting. Yeah, you're at a BD Wong party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds kind of scary. <laughs> He's like, let's get something first. You will butter your cracker only mm-hmm. after I. Do you butter put my cracker. butter on a cracker? No, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some kind of like. Hors d'oeuvre table fail, or like, you know what I mean? I, I feel like caviar would be the thing, so I don't eat caviar. I mean, I would love for BD Wong to be like, you dip the chip and then you dipped again. <laughs> Get the fuck out. I would love to do Seinfeld references at BD Wong. Mm-hmm. Anyway, should we begin? Sure. Hello, and welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Park. And we are back. It's our seventh episode, our 007th episode due to our naming conventions. And so, of course, we have to talk about James Bond today. I think we've got a, a real James Bond themed lineup here with uh, The World is Not Enough mm. and Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Definitely a theme there. And, and. <laughs> and some various TV and whatnot that we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> Did you edit Mr. Robot after I mentioned BD? <laughs> no, that was there. Oh, was I, it? I figured I'd throw it in there. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about our kind of pop culture diet, then we'll do, go into Lady Bird, and then the world's not enough. I know I saw a message somewhere, people don't want to be spoiled, so I guess we will try not to spoil Lady Bird. Not that I think it's really a spoilable film. Not exactly like a big plot twist kind of movie. Not until you get to the third act and you find out that the killer is her mom. Yeah. Well, shit. Oh, yes. fuck. We forgot to blow the spoiler horn. Anyway, no, um, we'll try not to spoil Lady Bird. I'm going to assume people seen the world is not enough by now. And if they haven't, they probably aren't going to. So I, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to, we're going to spoil the world is not enough. Oh man. That 18 year old movie. Fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so pop culture, uh, runaways, you watch the first two episodes. I've seen the first three. Okay. What'd you think? 
Well, I already tweeted about it, so I don't want to repeat myself. But well, um, say, it was enjoyable, but slow. Like the first episode, I was like, oh, "This is interesting," but man, this is moving slow. And the second episode is just like, "But wait, there's all this stuff we couldn't fit into the first episode that's happening at the same time." So we're gonna flash back to all of it. Warning you that the fucking parents are gonna indeed be characters for way too long. Yeah, um, I. I'm enjoying it, but it, I feel like it suffers from a thing that a lot of streaming shows suffer from these days, mm. where it's like they have no restraint on time mm-hmm. or like ratings, really, mm-hmm. you know. And so they're just like, ah, "We're just gonna take this slow. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna ease into things. We're gonna have extra long episodes with about five minutes of fat you could have cut, and we're uh, twenty five minutes of fat. Yeah, and we're just really not gonna move along the story too much. I don't need to hear about anyone's homemade brie. There's a lot about that brie. Yeah, I mean, I I liked what it was for the most part. It just seems like, man, he could have probably fit these three episodes into two episodes and he wouldn't have missed much. What's intriguing to me as someone who read the comics like seven years ago from what I remember is the adaptation process. Because that comic, it's Brian K. Vaughn, so it's it's pretty tight. You know, it used to be when something got adapted for screen, you had to lose a lot. Yeah. Not anymore they with added the streaming stuff. Yeah, that uh, that sick patient gained a lot of tumors. Put it that way. Um, what did you think? I didn't dislike it. I didn't know how I felt about a lot of the add-ons or the changes. I mean, I should say I've never read the comics, so I have no, nothing the going parents, into it. Half the parents are the same. The Church of Gaborim thing—that's all new. Hmm. The Gaborim are a factor, but like the. The mom being like, I want to say in the comics, the the parents are both actors. They're just like okay. basically like Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna. Right, right. Um, I mean, I feel like I have like written down in my little writing notebook somewhere like like no cults. Like I feel like cults is like death to drama. Well, you're already a cult. Like so there goes your thing where you reveal something secretly a cult. Well, the problem with a cult is there's Our only cult is cultier. There's only two ways you can go with a cult. The person either is brainwashed mm-hmm. or they're not. Like there's no. Like the, there's no real dramatic tension in the cult, other than like, oh, are they going to lead the cult or not? Right. Uh, I, I I challenge anyone to point me to a, a cult that's been done in a movie or TV show that was actually interesting. Yeah, we'll wait for that challenge. Um, Molly's aged up to be closer to their age, and now like Gert's adopted. Oh sister. right, I guess she's much younger. Yeah, she's like ten. I I couldn't stand Gert. Am I alone in that? She just bugged me. She's 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 the classic like she's your least favorite character who becomes your favorite character. Mm, we'll see about that. Um, now I think your least favorite character will continue to be uh, Greg Sulkin. Uh, let me think. Who is my least favorite? I liked Alex. I think his name is. Um, do they all have superpowers eventually? No. No spoiler. Um, Alex was cool. The daughter of the cult leader was just kind of blah um carolina carolina yeah or carolina carolina that's right uh who else was there molly like well, at first i was like hey molly you're kind of like you're you're overdoing it a little with the cramps but i guess it's like super cramps or something mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah i couldn't say Ger- greg sulkin was just he's such a blah to me he's just like jock you know, mm-hmm. like that's all he is. Who am I forgetting? Um, oh, Nico. oh, I like Nico. Yeah, I like so Nico. I, I guess 
Dirt and then Greg Sulkin are my two least favorite. Yeah, I like Nico a lot better in the comics. So the sister, the dead sister, mm-hmm. that's new. New, yeah. I don't know where that's going. Um, the the marvelness of it initially, like the video game that Alex plays in the very beginning of the pilot, is like a superhero video game. It's like a superhero like online hmm. thing. Okay. Um, what was I watching recently? I think it was on the Flash where they made a Marvel reference, and it was really strange. Hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but I want to say they referenced like the Incredible Hulk or something. It was really, really bizarre. <laughs> did everyone like pause and then get real awkward? No. <laughs> Who did it? The Cisco? I think it was the Flash. I don't know. It was really bizarre. I'm gonna have to like try to remember what that was, but yeah. I've I finally did start watching this season of Flash. Oh, okay. I mean it's it's uh, a passable B minus, I, I would say. There's a it's, lot of it's comfort of food. Something. Uh, Iris is still the worst, but I, I don't. They just don't know what to do with that character. My favorite is still fuck. I forgot her real name. Uh, Killer oh. Frost. Oh yeah, Danielle Panabacker. She's fantastic, and that mm-hmm. show is always. Um, episode two. It's like I just will never buy this like Cisco Gypsy relationship, like ever. This is a season for like for three episodes or so. Daniel Panabacker is like, can I wear normal clothes? Uh, but now she's back to like wearing her weird science clothes. Well, she's she's wearing her weird science clothes in episode two, mm-hmm. like. But she actually got to wear like a leather jacket, you know. Yeah, well, she was like bartender for tough. six months. Yeah. Apparently, anyway. So, Runaways, um, it's almost comedic to me, like how slavishly they're trying to adapt the looks of some of the comic book characters, like Alex with his big, big hair and his. Uh, I, I imagine Alex usually wears a shirt with a number on it or something like, something that. like that. Yeah. Like Gert and her whole look. Um, you know, obviously, they didn't do like the blonde hair for Chase because Greg Sulkin doesn't dye his hair. That wouldn't look good anyway. No. Yeah. He just doesn't make Maybe sense. he should just frost his tips. Ooh. Mm. Um, it's weird seeing James Marsters as his dad. It took me three episodes to realize that was James Marsters. Really? Like, because when the, the titles, you know, the credits would come on at the beginning. That's when the phone comes out, you know. Mm. And so, like, I I thought I'd catch the glimpse once. I'm like, actually, James Marsters, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll keep watching. Um, it never occurred to me until like episode three. I'm like, holy fuck, that's that's fucking Spike, and he's old now. Mm, like it was, it was, it was very traumatizing. Well, do you remember when you found out that he was like a lot older than the rest of the cast, even on Buffy days? Yeah, he was like forty back then. Yeah, he was like forty. I think he's he might be seven years old by now. <laughs> he looks it. Um. It's Brian K. Vaughn, so there's a lot of twists and turns, and I think that they're still going with them. I mean, like nothing is negating that. Um, what I always like about Brian K. Vaughn is there's a lot of stuff, even in the beginning moments of the show, that he uses later on, like he mines for detail. I'm really trying hard not to spoil anything. Um, no, you don't need to spoil anything. Um, I mean, I would say it's it's worth watching. Just expect a slow pace. Um, which and I've I've been long saying like this show would be a perfect show especially for teens like there's no reason to like do this much lame character like the whole added like gang thing with the with Alex's parents I just think it's because it's a streaming show they're not beholden to nightly ratings or or like you know time slotted ads or you know it's like they can just do what they want and I, I feel like that like you see the same thing on Netflix like the Defender series could have been like two hours and said it was eight. Let know? me let me do this one small spoiler from the comics. The parents are not around for long in the comics. And I well, I uh, that will not I'm, be the case. Here. I'm just guessing 
that the show's called Runaways because they run away because they're point. Runaways. Yeah. run, 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 runaways. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm still waiting. Um, I mean, like if they don't run away to like episode ten, fail. It, these days, who knows? Anyway, uh, you wanted to talk about Godless. I've not watched this. It's like no, I said Netflix. I had watched Godless. That means you want to talk about it. Well, what's the point if you haven't watched the show? Well, you can talk about it a little. I watched Godless and I enjoyed it. I really don't like okay. saying just that. It's an interesting Western. I think there was some miscommunication with the premise that it's a town full, of, an old West town full of women after the men have all died. This Netflix? It's Netflix. It's Lady okay. Mary? Yeah, Lady Mary's in it. Isn't she also doing like a TNT show or did that get canceled? I think it's still happening. Good behavior. I kind of feel like, and maybe I'm just getting old, but like lately I've been like, what if I got into like that in Animal Kingdom? So I actually, oh, Jesus, with uh, Cyrus Petrillo? Yeah. Who else is in that? Is that Scott Speedman? Yeah. And Ellen Barkin? Ellen Barkin, yeah. Who's the, there's another one, right? Uh, Some other bro. Yeah, I can't remember who. No. Some other bro who can't hold the water, Cyrus Petrillo and Ellen mm-hmm. Barkin. Um, I did actually watch the pilot of Good Behavior the other day. Mm. Eh. <laughs> eh. I don't know. I'm so behind. I still haven't finished Orphan Black. I shouldn't Jesus. be biting off any more than I can chew. Yeah, really. But I mean, Godless. Anyway, so I think based on the premise, a lot of us were led to believe that it would be a more substantial role for the women. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, not quite the case. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I, I mean, I, I don't really binge things anymore but i did watch all seven episodes in in two days jeff daniels i, I is, call that binging yeah jeff daniels is fascinating is, did he bring back his rooster cockburn accent one more time no, sorry i meant to say uh i said jeff daniels yeah jeff daniels oh not, sorry not jeff, not jeff yeah. yeah did jeff daniels bring the rooster cockburn <laughs> accent <back? Bye-bye. laughs> uh he's got a great affectation There's a lot of women folk in this town <laughs> great affectation whenever someone points a gun at you you just say i've seen my death and this ain't it <laughs> Nine times out of ten, they put their gun away. Um, it's got Jack O'Connell, which I feel like you probably hate. He's a British actor. I don't hate him. That's just like one of about probably like 50 totally boring and anonymous like pasty white dude actors who like is seemingly like the next generation of male actors. He's like... But he's just blah. He's like... Uh, how would I describe him in this? If like Corey Haim played Shane. You know, I've never seen Shane. I've only seen clips of it in all the movies that are trying to do callbacks to it. You talked about the ending? Mm-hmm. What movie was that? Was it The Negotiator where that's like actually like a plot point, I think? I haven't seen this. Is that Kim Spacey? Like, and, and Samuel Jackson, yeah. It's like confusing how the movie ends. You know, He doesn't write away a hero. He's dead at the end. Hmm. Um, spoilers. Children of Men, too. So that's Godless. Let's just spoil everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I you know, people who've seen it. Why is it called Godless? Because this is a godless country. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they make sure to say limited series, mini series, what have you. Mm. I would enjoy like a season two of this show. I'd be curious to see where it could go. Um, they've set it up where they could definitely get rid of some characters. Lady Mary really, she's in every episode. She's in a lot of episodes. She really doesn't do a lot. There's a lot of just sitting around and watching Jack O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see what else we have. I've been rereading the Harry Potter books, which I highly recommend. Okay. Um, just finished Azkaban. Not much to say about that, other than that this is a good time to time of year to read Harry Potter. Hmm. And then Mr. Robot, are you caught up? Mm-hmm. 
without going into details, what did you think about the last episode and the way that turned out? And a lot of people found it very depressing. What was their names? Tatiana, Tanya? Tanya and Kendrick or Frederick? Frederick, yeah. Is it Kendrick? Kendrick, no. Um, (laughs) I feel like that episode is the best and worst of Mr. Robot all in one one go. Like the, uh, the assassin guy... I feel like Sam Esmail just wants to do a show about him. Oh, um, Irving? Yeah. No, no, not Irving. Um, oh, oh, Joey Badass. Yeah, guy. Joey Badass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Leo? Is it Leo? I can't remember. Yeah. I'm just telling you, man. Don't sleep on Knight Rider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there are times when it feels like Sam Esmail might be more interested in like the new characters he's created. Like Joey Badass and Irving. It's Irving. It's Irving, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, and White Rose, who of course was like just a throwaway in the first season, is like now like super important to the show. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I'm enjoying. It. I'd say this is better in the second season. It's a little more grounded. There is we haven't like had like six episodes of is this all in his mind or not type of stuff. Which mm-hmm. thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. I, there's no obvious was there. What I guess at this point though. I'm wondering, is there something very interesting about what Angela thinks is going to happen, or is she just delusional? Well, the the two big theories are time travel and some Sim- sort of... Um, simulated reality? Okay, three. Time travel, like a matrix... Time travel is one, like a matrix-type situation That's my is theory. another. The third one is um, like multiple worlds... Okay. You know, alternate reality, I guess. Okay. Kind of kind of related to time, time travel, but not Timeline Michael Crichton. Yeah. Okay. Not exactly the same as time travel, but you know, if they were somehow like crossing over to a different world or things are different. Well, it's like the show is mysterious and confusing enough that it can fabricate that sense of wonder where I can almost get to the point where I could believe that somebody's going to pull back a sheet on like a time machine, and then I look at like White Rose and I think like, nah. I just will you be disappointed if at the end of the season it just turns out that he somehow conned Angela because she was easily duped and his whole scheme is just to like take over Bitcoin or something, you yeah. know? Like to me that'll just be a kind of like a wah wah wah. Well, I think at that point that's gonna I mean, there's been enough of her as our kind of entry point into some kind of fantastical theorizing mm-hmm. that i think your oh. audience will be let down if you don't have something like that now what do they call sense. it the watership township or something like that yeah something like that yeah the weird power plant that's like moving to uh the congo the congo yeah which china annexed i don't know it, it's definitely a show where you just have to like you got to just turn off your uh your sense of reality at some of the stuff that happens like that the, 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 the un would just vote to allow china to annex the congo yeah but, I like that that's the fantastical element, mm-hmm. not the whole like prison simulation. Well, no, but I mean, the, like ecoin and Bitcoin and all that, yeah. like it just, I don't know. It's not too, or anything it with related to the economics isn't too grounded in reality, but are you, are you softening on Dom at all? Uh, she's still just like number one, best detective. Like all these other FBI agents are a bunch of fucking schmucks compared to her. She's the only one who knows how to do her job. Like I feel like they lean into that still too hard. Um, mm. At least we know that her boss is spoiler revealed like three episodes ago. Yeah, revealed three episodes ago. Sorry, you better catch up. Her boss is evil, so 
that explains some of why she's being thwarted. Well, you brought up a good point that I don't think was on air about that episode, the Tyrell episode. Mm-hmm. That, that was probably the best episode of the season, but the problem was that the Tyrell represented to us there was not supported we'd, in the text. Yeah, we'd already seen Tyrell, and he sucked. <laughs> yeah. He's like beating up homeless people and shit like that. And like this character they gave us, <laughs> it's a where he's just like concerned about his wife and his child and then chopping wood. It's like, no, this isn't the same guy. Yeah. Just relaxing into some Gordon Lightfoot, as mm-hmm. you do. Um, White Rose, I'm sure this will come up a lot in this episode. White Rose is like the Bond villain I've always wanted. He's definitely like a uh, a Blowfield level, like multiple movie antagonist. Yeah, yeah. It's like what the fucking Jonathan Price Tomorrow Never Dies character mix of Blowfield should have been. Mm, yeah. Well, we're almost a Bond. You want to talk about Ladybird first? Sure. What do you think of Ladybird? Um, hmm. I have very complex feelings about this movie. I liked we it. Watched this movie with a bunch of teenagers. I think that was probably the right way to watch it. Yeah. Um, I like the movie. It's just, it was really weird to watch. It was, it was almost like watching a movie about my older sister. Like, uh, I don't live in downtown Sacramento, but I'm from the Sacramento area. I've lived here a long time. Um, you get emotional. I'm not that much. No, I don't. It's the thing. I'm not that much older than Lady Bird. Like everything was like so incredibly familiar, but not really in like a, a pleasant way. Mm -hmm. Like, like I don't have like nostalgia for like like you know I too sat at home and watched the war on TV out of boredom, but I don't like look back fondly on that, you know. Like so, it was really weird. Like everything about Lady Bird was super familiar, and yet I don't have like positive emotions about it. Um, so that was just like a weird extra element that you'd probably only get if you lived in Sacramento. So Lady Bird, I I think I did the math is. A year younger than Greta Gerwig herself. Okay. My uh, my friend told me that she went to see it. She was excited to boast that she had seen an actual artsy movie because she doesn't see a lot of movies. She actually saw it at the Tower Theater. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, good for you. Yeah. No. See the Tower Theater on screen while I, you're sitting in the Tower Theater. I think it was really good. Obviously, there's like some mother daughter drama that I'm just not going to be able to connect with on the same way as women will, and that's fine. Um. I I feel like this movie will probably just gut a lot of people when they go see it, um, but in a good way. I think with teen movies, there's two ways to look at It's like perspective. If your perspective is in any way outside the inner teen circle, teens sound very dumb. Um, and, sure. And Lady Bird has kind of almost that, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Wes Anderson type inflection the way she talks the way she, the things that she's finding interesting, the cult the way she appropriates culture um if you're inside the teen world if all your characters are teenagers everything is epic everything is understood even your nihilism is like stylish i uh i enjoyed this movie i felt like it wasn't thrilling but it was very true on a scale of one to ten how much did you hate kyle is he the howard zinn reading guy yeah yeah i really hate it. i just uh I, I've I've avoided and despised Kyle's for all my life. Um, he's uh he's the call me by your name guy. <laughs> oh, is he that guy? Yeah. I mean, he's like that type of person is like why I never moved to downtown Sacramento because I could not stand the people there. They bugged the shit at me. So it was really weird to watch a movie that was like a celebration of all these things I don't really like about the town I live in. Yeah, I I I do not get emotional when driving Sacramento. I fucking hate this town. Um, but yeah, so there's that. 
this this viewing that we shared last week takes on a whole other interesting element. You and you're like seething hatred of Sacramento. You're just like burn it to the ground, Lady Bird. Maybe a little. You want to see her push the thing down, and the town goes boom. Mm-hmm. The the big yellow bridge just like sinks into the water. Uh, Sacramento has, I don't know. I guess it, you're supposed to read into it like, if you're from some know nothing town in the south, it's it's this is your idea of home. Home being nothing, you know. And you're gonna look back on it fondly because it was your home, even when you hated it. But mm-hmm. it's very weird for us to see it being from Sacramento, the town that has like zero identity. <laughs> Well, they got the tower bridge in there and the uh, the money pyramid. So the money store pyramid. So That's right. Good job on that. Yeah, I don't we know, actually was... have like two or three listeners who are from the general area. Oh yeah. So I I love to hear. I them hope they go see it. Yeah. Chime in. I don't know. For me, it was just a really weird experience because it was a good movie and it's like stirring up all these like old emotions and memories about how I don't really like this town and like. And I don't know, just go off and contemplate that for a while. So just the town, that was, that was your entry point. What about this, like the high school experience? Um, well, I didn't go to a private school, so, you know, I don't have a ton of relation there, but but as much as she's in a private religious school and they do like mass and stuff, like Mm -hmm. some of it's just the normal boring high school. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, relatable. Um, it felt very authentic all the kind of mm. stupid conversations and jokes they would have. I, um, I honestly only knew a little bit about the Sacramento connection and I was kind of like wondering like would they even really go into it and she mentions like 20 minutes in it's like somebody lives in the fab 40s and I was like yeah. oh shit this is happening. Uh, I love that the the kind of popular rich girl who is from Granite Bay drove an SUV because that in, in Bush's America that's what rich people drove that was the cool car was a fucking giant ass SUV. Do you remember the look of the guy that you once dubbed Mr. Sacramento? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shaved head. Shaved head. Big kind of beard goatee situation. Mostly goatee. Yeah. Um, band shirt. Band shirt. Definitely some sort of like armband tattoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like back faux of the tribal. Calf, yeah. Back of the calf tattoo. Always seem to be wearing some sort of like shorts. You know. Or jeans. But also. But like short jeans where you could like see the calves and like a big big chain and wallet. Big chain wallet. That's yeah. the- Drove a fucking gigantic like Chevy truck. <laughs> That's Mr. Sacramento. So if you're listens to Sublime and Creed. Oh yeah. Whatever dating app you met them on, like they have one of those as a quote, like to show how deep they are. Or Mm -hmm. what was the one guy? I love my family. If you can't handle that, I can't handle you. Yeah, that guy belongs to Sacramento. Um, so yeah, if you're ever on a blind date and you see that guy approaching your table, no, I'm not your I'm not your person. Just not me. Just say no to Mr. Sacramento. (laughs) Title. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um yeah, I don't know. It's I, I I feel like people should just go and watch it. It's, um, it's it it will be rewarding. It's one of those indie movies where it's like it's going to stir something up in you. It's not like you're going for this intense plot. I yeah. wouldn't say the dialogue's fantastic, but it's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did of course cheer for Lady Bird after she loses her virginity. I was on top. Spoiler. <laughs> Who the fuck is on? it's in the commercial? Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is on top their first time? Yeah, no, it was it was fun. It was it was just a very strange experience because not only was everything so familiar to me, but then like Lady Bird reminds me a ton of one of my sisters, and so like I don't know, it was like I said, it's like watching a movie about my sister. You know, I'm surprised we didn't see her walk around the background. <laughs> yeah, really. 
Um, I think, but ultimately, you know, no spoilers. Lady Bird eventually realizes at the end that the world is not enough. Mm-hmm. Is that your way of transitioning? That's the perfect place to start. Okay. The world is not enough. Very topical. This movie came out 18 years ago. <laughs> 1999, one of the great years for movies. Yeah, it was. This was Magnolia year. This was uh, Fight Club year. Fight Club. American Beauty year? I, I still ride for Fight Club, even though their fans are fucking horrible. Uh, American Beauty. I would say it's the most... The Phantom Menace. Uh, uh, my, my theory about 1999 is that there was this massive just gravity-pulling force that was the Phantom Menace right in the middle of the year. And so everyone had to get the fuck out of the way and do something interesting, mm-hmm. which is why we got all these cool movies that year. There was some Charlie Kaufman movie that year. Matrix, I believe. Maybe John Malkovich? was Malkovich that year. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is a fun year for movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where? So there's four Pierce Brosnan Bond movies. Where would you rank this one? Second. Yeah, it's got to be second, right? Well, because Tomorrow Never Dies. Better than Tomorrow Never Dies. Tomorrow Never Dies is like weirdly forgettable. Tomorrow Never Dies is dog shit. Is it? I would say that there is more. Die Another Day is worse than Tomorrow Never Dies. I would say there's more goofy, worthwhile stuff to revisit and Die Another Day. No way. No, I'm sorry. I can't back that up. Yeah. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies is so vanilla and forgettable, which is funny because. Goldeneye and World's Not Enough is the only two I saw in the theater. I don't know why, but there was like like the opposite of gravity pushing me away from Tomorrow Never Dies. I feel like the world is not enough. If I could give my kind of like thesis on this movie, it feels like with some small tweaks and changes here and there, this could have been like a Casino Royale level, like James Bond masterpiece. And it just wasn't. And I think a lot of it is that they're, they're stuck forcing these tired old James Bondisms into the movie mm. that just do not work. Well, pivoting off that, let me just say, if like Bond movies just aren't your thing, I don't know if there's anything here for you. But like <laughs> this movie is such a Roger Moore movie. Like remember when Goldeneye came but it, in? It, but it wants to be like a, a Dalton movie. I feel like, like you, you just watch the way. James Bond, Pierce Brosnan does his like when he's walking at the beginning of the thing and turns and shoots the camera. Mm. It's such a forceful like he's he like I, I imagine Pierce We're Brosnan just watching this on a loop. Pierce Brosnan <laughs> must be so pissed that like Daniel Craig got to do all the Bond movies that were essentially the kind of movies that he wanted to do. I saw an interview where as producer of some of the later ones of his, he said that the opening of Die Another Day was his idea or his tone was his idea. And then all the fantastical shit was kind of brought in by the Michael G. Wilsons of it well, all. But like he wanted to do like the Craig tone. Yeah, he wanted it to be a, more brutal, more sexy. He wanted nudity. Um, like the, he was like looking for that, but he's saddled with these like lame kind of like, oh, we gotta have the scene where James so, Bond so sexually harasses he, someone. When he finally got the role in like 95, 96. 95. Um, after the the miss in the 80s, like what they sold him as, I feel like, was he's the perfect combination of your Connery and your Moore. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, okay, well, what, what the fuck does that mean? Are you just going to become a Dalton? Oh, this movie, whether it's by choice or circumstances, he is fully Roger Moore. This, uh, this is a straight-up Roger Moore script. I don't think he's fully Roger Moore. This could almost be for your eyes only. Mm. No, I think he's, he's not quite But there that. are... I think, there's, I, I think if, if you're going to say he's a mix, he's not Connery and Roger Moore. He is... Um, Lazenby? Lazenby and Roger Moore, yeah. Hmm. Uh, 
there are so many elements in this that will later appear like in Skyfall. It's interesting. But this movie, I feel like it's very Frankenstein together. I mean, I, how so? You get the purpose and weight of it all who like are the screenwriters who I think kind of shit their way through the rest of the, the Bond movies to come. I just wonder where where is the bad stuff coming from? Because I feel like the skeleton here is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like just like oh we got to put in a scene where bond goes to money penny and he like well, puts got, a cigar in front of michael her apted yeah who michael apted not he, he does not do great directing work here i don't think well like what was the thinking like the up series coal miner's daughter like what, what about him was it just relationships well, this is this is funny he admitted he had nothing to do with the action yeah sequences. well this is, this is funny it's kind of like pre you know marvel dc cinematic universe type thing this, I think, was like probably the first franchise that really mastered the art of like the second unit action team that mm-hmm. handles all that shit. Yeah. And so they can go find any director they want, you know, like the way Marvel now can just be like, oh, he directed this like one random horror movie for like two million dollars. Go direct a huge multi budget, you know, multi million dollar budget because we'll take care of all that shit. You know, mm-hmm. this was, I think, one of their attempts at that. We'll just we're going to go find someone who can really get the emotions out. I mean, so uh, which think, works here and there, but I think a lot, a lot of the action scenes are still, I feel like, subpar because of Apted. His his wife wrote all the dialogue for Sophie Marceau. Um, tonally, it, this movie just shifts all over the place. It's like eight different movies coming together because it's still trying to be goofy, even though there's like this kind of serious, yeah, emotional. It, it, it goes back yeah. and forth, and then like there's a yo-yo. Doctor Christmas Jones. Well, which, but metaphorically, this is a movie in which you have one scene where Judy Dench, Sophie Marceau, and Denise Richards are all in a scene together. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, to to go from Sophie Marceau's like, I'd say generally convincing, like weird femme fatale, mm-hmm. to like Doctor Christmas Jones just bouncing all over the place. It's she's Denise Richards. So wooden. Oh, she's bad. Like she's been better in other things. Like she is bad in this movie. Uh, Denise and, Richards. And I wondered for a while. Okay, is she bad, or is the script terrible? And I watched one of the I scenes think the of her. Is, for her scenes, both. Well, I watched one of the scenes of her, and I think it was there's one of like her and Brosnan and like Robbie Coltrane, mm-hmm. and their dialogue is just as fucking stupid. Yeah, and, but you know they're not terrible. <laughs> well, I mean they're you know English actors or British whatever. True, um, but yeah, I, I just feel like say like there was eight Bond movies that you like all on TV at the same time on different channels, and you just kept like clicking through them. It definitely felt like they were trying to hit beats like we gotta have a we gotta have bond skiing you know yeah. like it felt like 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 that was on a bulletin board like we need bond to ski he hasn't skied in a while it's been four movies since he yeah. skied god damn it yeah yeah there's that and there's like there's other sequences i mean christmas jones is just she belongs in a movie like 20 years earlier they wanted that joke so why, bad. why is she dressed like lara croft from tomb raider yeah. like what the fuck i mean it's just distracting especially when it's combined with like the other major female characters like this very complex like multi-layered woman and then you have dr christmas jones who's a nuclear physicist you have four primary female characters Mm -hmm. unfortunately one of them's christmas jones on the other hand one of them's electric king Mm -hmm. then you also have m which is pretty good she's definitely she just won an oscar judy dench so this is probably they beefed up her role but yeah she's beefed up the most then you have the doctor oh serena scott thomas yeah (laughs) Did you ever catch her name? Um, I saw it in the credits. I can't remember it. It was Molly Warm Flash. Yeah, there you go. Oh my god, the fucking quips. Bond is not well, only it, it feels horny. He's horny for quips. But 
I don't know if you got the impression, but maybe I'm projecting this, maybe I'm not, but it felt to me like Pierce Brosnan seemed just tired and exhausted every time he had to drop one of those. Yeah. You know, he had to drop the, you know, like cheesy, you know, double entendre to Money Penny or to someone else. And it's just like, like he was going to get like a uh, treat. Like, yeah. I just did some fucking stupid, like, let's not skirt the issue. And it's just like someone's going to like throw a cookie in his fucking mouth. Yeah. They're, they're so tired. And it's what's weird is that like they kind of already made fun of that kind of dinosaur image of James Bond and Goldeneye. Yeah. And yet here they are just doing it. Well, they're still doing it because James Bond has to have like cheesy one liner double entendres. Plus, I can't watch this movie in 2017 and not think about the climate of 2017 well he's straight up sexually harasses money penny like but and, uh, amongst many others yeah he is an hr goddamn nightmare and it's like that's not cute anymore you know? <laughs> like, like i feel like he should have some kind of i don't know special handicap card that's just like oh it's okay i'm a sex addict <laughs> that's the way i can do mostly single entendres I mean, I, it'll never get to the double I level i just feel like obviously this is made a long time ago so whatever but like any bond movie they're making now you just gotta lose that like it yeah. just it's it's not cute anymore it's not funny well i it's made me appreciate like the stone cold psychopath of daniel craig yeah <laughs> yeah though Daniel Craig basically like rapes uh, Monica Bellucci against the mirror. <laughs> Spectre. We really should have done Spectre because that movie's fucking oh, garbage. Man, that movie's so bad. Uh, I was so angry walking out of that. Anyway, I don't want to go shot by shot or anything, but I did think it was one of the charms of this movie that I feel like it just doesn't exist anymore is mm. that um, this movie's like, hey guys, look, we went there and shot there. You know, it's like, look, we're in Bilbao, Spain. Look, there's, there's that big uh, Guggenheim complex to prove it. Which you was know, or it's like controversial oh, at the time, was it? I think so. I don't. I don't think people liked it at the time. Oh yeah, it was because it's all so, like new and postmodern. I hate the Chirons in this. I hate the font. Oh yeah, they're bad. But like, it was like, oh look, we we put Pierce Brosnan on like a a mountaintop, or we're Man actually font. what Bond always does that. No, I know, but like now that means nothing when you go see a movie. Oh. You know, because you're like, oh, you probably green screen all that shit. You know, like it doesn't mean the same thing to be like, oh look, you're skiing on a mountaintop as you know right well oh look you're uh you built like a mini speedboat and you're like driving around the thames river like they wouldn't do that now they would they would cgi all that shit the skiing i i would make the argument that pierce Brosnan was probably never actually near a mountain because there's Maybe a, a hard, little i feel a like hard i feel like, they, like close-ups and then like stuntman i feel like they got a few just to cover themselves but yeah like you you would never see that like thames boat chase anymore just because that would cost you much money like what you want us to build a whole fucking boat that can go underwater for your well, stupid stunt? No, we're not going to do that. So we're I guess CGI it. The third Dalton movie was going to somehow feature the handover from Hong Kong, um, which mm. is interesting on an idea. But like, I love how they were like, "It's 1999. We gotta have him on the Millennium Dome." I know. Well, I'm like, yes, they went and put Pierce Brosnan on top of the fucking Millennium Dome oh, just God. to prove that they could do it. Which uh, hurt acting. Well, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Some ADR lines. Yeah. But it's it's weird because that just doesn't mean anything to a modern audience. Like no one's impressed. Yeah. Because we've seen insane CGI vistas that our brain can't even comprehend. You know? Yeah. But um, I found it charming. So I I would I would maintain that this still features the most unbelievable thing in a Bond movie of all time, which is the cord, the blinds cord. Oh, I know. <laughs> what the fuck? This first of all, the the cord on these blinds that he jumps out of the window on is like fifty feet long. I don't know why, and it can hold him. It's like 300 feet long. <laughs> They're like high up. It's insanely high. Yeah. Um, 
I, but like, okay, so the cigar girl here, she's like, you want to check my figures? And he's just like, oh, oh, oh. you know, he does like eyebrows and everyone in the room. Seems like they're well-rounded. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Like, I feel like the guy here should have been like, listen, I'm Swiss, so I'm obviously sleazy. But Mr. Bond, that's no uh, cool. We have a zero tolerance policy on this shit. Uh, I just realized I should uh, really work on my, my Connery Bond impression, you know. Try it out. I don't, I don't have one right now. Because I, when I was typing in the notes earlier, I accidentally wrote Denise Richards with an H at the end of Denise. And so it was Denise. Sounds like Connor. Oh, so you started thinking yeah. of Bond? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Denise Richards. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this intro goes on for too long. Well, so I think it was supposed to it's end like two intros after yeah. he gets down to the street. And they were just like, we don't have enough happening here. So that's why they added in the boat chase and all that stuff. That boat chase definitely goes on a little longer than it should just because they're like, this check it long. out. We we built a boat and we're on the Thames. Like, isn't that cool? Look at these cool stunts we did. Look, he does it like a corkscrew maneuver. I have a lot. Well, we'll get to it. I have a lot of questions about that boat. I mean, this first sequence is pretty boring. He yeah. just like goes and like, you know, these, these guys are giving him the shakedown. So he shoots a few of them and jumps out a window. Uh, sniper shoots uh some dude who's about to shoot him like i don't know it's it's not enough to really build intrigue you're just like oh whatever and then he just like walks away with the briefcase well half the time i'm like you have a license to kill mm-hmm. let the cops come in here and just like flash a badge i mean i got it i know it's it's bomb but it's, you know usually it's like he's being chased he has no time for police but whenever he is apprehended by the police they let him go an hour later because they have to well it really this movie to me really brought the question of like do they know he's a secret agent the whole time because he just uses his real name constantly you know? oh yeah yeah um it's gonna come up eventually so m and robert king did they smash i think in college they did probably yeah okay yeah and it was just like life-changing they're both swooning over it still uh, i wouldn't say that okay i think it was a fond memory okay uh this the money is like what they soaked it and like some chemical that makes it explosive or and something. The magnesium strip is going to blow That's up the, in the money. The detonator. Yeah, it was all a little like sure, whatever. Which is so first of all, he's Bond is undertaking a, a favor for M. Total waste of a double O's skills. Well, uh, it's all very convoluted. It was like Robert King was buying an intelligence report just to give the port to the report to M. Or something like that. Yeah, or something. Like, yeah, it's all like. It just made me think of like uh, uh, Mallory Archer, and she's just like, I don't need this. I don't need you to do anything for me. This movie really made me want to see just like a full Archer James Bond movie. Yeah, get Especially a get in the a... ski scenes. Like, there's a there's a part in this movie where like, why is he not in a tactile neck? Like, like when he's in his like weird Panama suit for the the last mm-hmm. action sequence. I know that Roger Moore wears one once. I could have swore is that. Uh, Pierce Brosnan did too. Craig had one in the last movie, didn't he? It's the poster. Yeah. Yeah, him and his tactical neck. Um, I would love to see like a really handsome actor play a live action archer, but dubbed. Yeah, it would have to be the voice. There's yeah. no other way you could do it. Yeah. And then feature uh H. John Benjamin as another character who's also dubbed. That would be brilliant. Um, so they really go for the Lewinsky line. Do they? Oh, yeah. What what line? The, the cigar shit right here of Money, Penny, and Bond. Oh, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah. Was that, you think that was a reference? I Linsky? think that was the hardest of winks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's so tired. And yeah. it's like, why? Why? I feel bad that they recast Money, Penny, because they don't give a shit about Money, Penny in the Pierce Brosnan movies. 
she's just there to be there at the beginning of the movie so he can like make some lame innuendo towards her and she can reject them and it's like well, ha, ha, ha. we'll get into when she shows up again during like the briefing with the whole team but mm-hmm. like but yeah, I don't know. The rest of this opening, it's it's just all the way for there to be another action sequence. Fonda Robert, takes his whiskey with ice and takes it straight up. Yeah. Robert King blows up. There's a lot of running. Like it takes a while. Like Bond knows there's a bomb and he's running and running and running. Here's Rosen. He's got a little bit of the Tom Cruise thing. He's like, I want to run. Mm-hmm. I'm very I'm very skinny. I'm very lanky. Let me do some running. Went and blew up uh MI six there. Shot on location because you had to back then. This, yeah. I mean, this movie, you know, same year as Phantom Menace, CGI is about to take over movies, but it hasn't happened yet. Like in like in Skyfall, they uh, will blow up part of MI6 here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good thing there is like a, a dr- state-of-the-art like a- mini speedboat sitting right next to the explosions that Bond could get into. Yeah, this like fucking like makeshift wet dock here. Okay, yeah, this- the insurance policy of having this chick with a gun on the Thames. Oh, like was the bomb supposed to take out Bond? I think you're supposed ask... to also take out M. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're not supposed to ask too many questions there, because yeah. Then we get this like really long boat chase, which is probably cool the first time I watch it, because it's like this neat little, you know, mini speedboat thing that can go underwater. But why is there a wet dock on like the eighth floor of MI6? I know he he launches. <laughs> Like he's going over like part of a street or a bridge it's, or something. It's here. not like it's down at like river level. No, it's like there's this weird launching hole in the side of MI6. Also, Desmond Llewellyn's hands are massive. Are they? They are okay. huge. I know what they say about a guy with big hands. Yeah. Um, so do you think they actually launched that thing out of the side of MI6? Uh, I feel like they probably did. Yeah, they might well have. I mean, I think this shot right here is something different, but like. That thing is obviously flying out of the fucking whatever mm-hmm. this building is. Yeah. This is the actual MI6 headquarters, right? Yeah. 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 Like I said, because they yeah. they couldn't just CGI. They're like, oh, we're just going to go shoot there. Um, Which is a weird place to. <laughs> can you imagine if we're just like, yeah, we're shooting at the CIA today? Well, it's like if they're doing this now, like this would all be shot in like Atlanta or something, you know? Yeah. And they're just like cut to a shot of like Big Ben every once in a while. But yeah. here it's like, no, they're, they're actually on the If it's Thames. a big set and it's sunny, it's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. If it's a little bit overcast, it's it's Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce Brosnan looks good of like a grim jaw and wet hair though. I mean, he's actually there driving that fucking speedboat around. Part of the pretty time, cool. yeah. Well, I mean, in enough shots that you're like, okay. More you so than it. the skiing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This girl who, so I guess she works for Renard. Right. Yeah, she was in the postman, which is why I think she's in this. Mm, okay. So it's a real long chase. She like shoots machine guns at him. I think she like shoots like a bazooka at him at some point or something. Well, the water or not stuff, a bazooka, but like like a weird like grenade launcher. Yeah, there's a lot of grenades being shot at people in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. So the it seems like it'd be a really fun video game level. The boat stuff is the boat stuff, but it's a speedboat that has to go on land. Of course, <laughs> got to do that. Wouldn't be a James Bond movie without it. It has no wheels. I like how they do like a flip, like a like a loop screw. Yeah. So we know there's no wheels. <laughs> so when he's on land, and at first you're it's like, just okay, using the thruster. Well, you're like, okay, it's just like thruster and momentum, and then he starts like turning. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it's just the inertia moving him around. But yeah, eventually they end up. Like, this girl, maybe not the best escape route, jumping into a hot air balloon. No. Perhaps the worst vehicle you could choose to escape in. I mean, un- unless you're 
you're either in the middle of nowhere or it's like pre-industrial technology. I think a balloon's got to be the worst vehicle you could possibly try to escape in. <laughs> she got she away. Gets nowhere. <laughs> we can't find her. Yeah. Where could she be? There's like 20 helicopters around her before she can even get off. The it's like you get caught now or you get caught in five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to show Bond going underwater just to prove and that they did it. He does the thing that Craig will do. Adjust the tie. Adjust the tie. Yeah. There's, of course, there's like a, a lot of random barrels of oil and a lot of action scenes in this movie. There just happen to be a bunch of barrels of oil lying around to Naturally. explode. Naturally. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's this is like, oh, so apparently, this part right here, they had just started booting cars in London. So that's why, I don't know, people, it wasn't popular. So that's why he splashes the cops booting a car. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But, like, that. The like driving through a restaurant at one point, like this is such a Roger Moore. Oh, how are the Timothy Dalton thing? How are there immediately like he's he's been boating around on the river? He hops onto land and like within five seconds, there's cop cars right behind him. How? London's fast. Yeah, I mean, like pull over that boat. (laughs) He's going down alleys. He's turning. Mm Hmm. He's hitting some fruit carts. I think there's a fish market he goes through. Every Bond movie has to go through a fish cart and a restaurant oh, yeah. and a chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is the big thing used to be in movies, though. Like we had to show how our chase affected like normal people. Mm-hmm. That in the uh, speaking of Mr. Robot, they actually do the thing where it's like, "Shit, I need to check in with the news. I'll go stand by the TV store. <laughs> go to the TV store with the all the TVs, TVs in front of it, playing yeah. just news." Because that's what they play on. You know, you go to Best Buy. Yeah, they're playing news there. Sure. <laughs> it's just like the Super Bowl from three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to drive her, her boat up on land. Hop into her, the. Uh, her boat explodes as soon as she hops out of it. Oh, I think because he, he fired torpedoes at her. That's why. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's got torpedoes on his fucking super jet boat. Well, he better. He's James goddamn Bond. That yeah. thing better have some features Whoa. on it. Bond, maybe 20 minutes ago, fired the torpedo. <laughs> he was really waiting to line his shot up, I guess. So he grabs onto the rope as her balloon is taking off. Uh, but it's totally okay. You've just had this ultra frivolous boat chase. And now this woman is threatening to kill herself because she's afraid of her boss and failure. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And th- I mean, what are we? We're, well, only, only, okay, it's only 13 minutes in the movie. It felt like longer. And then, just like Skyfall, I can protect you. And she's like, not from him. Boom. Which makes Renard sound a lot cooler than he actually is. He, when, when he gets his intro with the holograph, you're like, oh shit, this guy's going to be cool. And then he's well, not really that cool. Picture like the, the Renard employees clubhouse meeting. You got Renard who looks like a, a Russian dude of shaved head. Mm-hmm. All of his bros are white Russian dudes of shaved heads. And you have this one beautiful Latina woman. Yeah. Who stands out here? There's some sort of terrorist. We're not sure exactly what. Yeah. So yeah, Bond falls. It's pretty undignified. Uh, Rolls all the way down the Millennium. Dome. I want to say part of this I read was because the stuntman missed the rope a few times. So they left it in. Oh, really? That's, to that's show like how hard this is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then we get a lot of hurt <laughs> acting. Yeah, he goes down for a ways there. Um, the theme it's 14 song. minutes long it's it's massive yeah it's, it's a but long it's, intro it's a, it's a movie with a lot of flap so what did you think of the 
the theme song and also the credit sequence. Well, I am a huge garbage fan, so I love this theme song. For my money, it's the best since the 80s. Do you not feel like, as much as I will always rep Garbage and Shirley Manson and even Butch Vig, like their placement in a Bond movie, while it should have been inevitable, it's a no-brainer, it was still like two years late. Like, shouldn't they have done the song for Tomorrow Never Dies? Mm, like, wouldn't that have been a better capitalization maybe. on like, their heat? I mean, Garbage is a weird band because they've constantly seemed sort of out of time. Like retro-futuristic? Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean... I really like the song. I what's funny is that Garbage just like kept making Bond songs like for themselves afterwards. Like on each of their albums, there's like at least one song that you're like, oh yeah, that could be a Bond song. Um and some of those are probably better than this, but I I liked it. I liked all the oil and weirdness of the credits. I this is definitely one of my more favorite uh Bond credit sequences. Well starting with with Brosnan and a little bit of Craig. Well, and Craig too, like definitely. They started making these things like a little more thematic to the movie mm-hmm. like it's not just naked girls like doing cgi shit it's like, a little right? bit of a story being told yeah, yeah so like you got the oil and the oil painting i mean i i love the uh casino royale one except for the song that song's garbage like the the style of it is is great and i feel like even musically the song is good but chris cornell is just no that he's he should not be singing over a james bond thing uh I don't love it, but like, goddamn, the Adele song is fantastic compared uh, to the two previous ones. I I, I I just found it super boring to me. Like, More, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just so generic. Would you rather have that or the Jack White? That is the worst song possibly ever recorded. The Jack White Alicia Keys one. Yeah, that is an abomination. It's an abortion of of music. What's interesting is so the Bond movies they always have like two. They Who's always the have the last one. The last one? It was like Sam, Sam Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Totally you know what? boring. You know what? Fucker has an Oscar because of that. Somehow more boring than the Skyfall one. Fucker yeah. has an Oscar because of that. So a band called Straw did like the other mm. version. Because they always have a couple runners up. Um didn't Radiohead do one or my Perspector. Yeah. Yeah, they always have two. I mean uh, Goldeneye was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was you got Bono and the was, Edge was, when they were hot. You yeah, got Tina Turner. It's very kind of had that classic brassy Bond feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is this is a fun little oily I didn't, weirdness. I, it wasn't bad. I didn't really just was so bored by the Cheryl Crow one. Oh, and then of yeah. course there's the Madonna song. No, the less we speak about that, the better, because that is a bad Bond song. Uh, I have a good laugh with the uh, the sad African prince. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I mean, becoming America African Prince here. Electric King. You think the name's a little bit of a giveaway? Yeah. <laughs> a little spoiler in the name. A little on the I mean, nose. Just, just watch your back around somebody named Electric King. <laughs> also, her her bangs in this movie. I feel like she walked out in 1985. Maybe it's just because she's French. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If but something... it was it was weird because there's like one scene where she looks much more modern, mm-hmm. and then all the other scenes she has these crazy '80s bangs. Yeah, I don't know if this is like her contract where she's French and she's always yeah. has to have these stupid bangs. But yeah, the this movie kind of takes a while to crank up. So MS6 blows up. They go to Scotland. Another Skyfall connection. <laughs> uh, Bond is uh, off the case. So because he's injured, applying. Also, I love that they in the Brosnan area they have they have Charles Robinson, played by Colin Salmon. Who, this guy's like in all the movies, right? He's in he's in the four Brosnan ones. Yeah, they they love this guy. Um, applying my Thunderball knowledge, I have to assume that the other people seated 
alongside Pierce Brosnan are the rest of the double O's. You which, think so? Which is cool because there's obviously there's, a lady double O. There's a woman. Okay. And then there's two really boring guys. Yeah, just some like random like, like British thuggy looking This dude is types. losing his fucking hair. Mm-hmm. He's not James Bonding his three situations. I mean, even Pierce Brosnan, it's got to be like, what the fuck, guys? Look <laughs> at me. Look at him. We get a mention of a 009 in this movie. Yeah. We which, don't know who that is. But it's not that guy. Maybe it's her. Yeah. I like to see her movie. No, I think they I think she says he when she talks no. about 009. Well, now. there's there's another dude here somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I'm looking at this this chair setup and I'm thinking of that fucking Patrick Swayze, Chris Farley skit. Like, I have to assume that if you picked me, it's only because Barney's <laughs> body is so hideous. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it takes us a while to get going. Like, Bond's off the case, and he has to go, like, seduce his doctor to get back on the case, which love- is really, it just seems like it's there to let you guys go. No, let, yes, it's like, oh, guys, Bond fucks. Yeah. Don't, for, don't forget. This guy who looks like Matthew Perry, if he was a double O, mm-hmm. with a mustache. With a mustache. Yeah. Um, oh, I love how, how nasty he gets with Tanner. Where the fuck is my report, Tanner? <laughs> also, why is the med bay and this thing in a uh, dungeon? Yeah, there's just like some weird ass Scottish castle that they've. Uh, it's like they had the funeral there, so they set up shop there or something. Yeah, yeah. He just, goddamn, he just assaults this. Woman. This doctor just happens to be wearing like fancy lingerie under her her doctor's outfit. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he has to get cleared by medical. So it's time to go fuck a doctor. I remember still being freaked about her when she was the creepy other watcher and Buffy. That's what she's from. That's okay. right. Yeah. But yeah, that whole acting there is soap opera acting to me. Um, she even says, you have to promise to call me this time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so Is he it's fucking so the HR person? I, probably, yeah. I mean, we assume. Um, for, Q is also decamped to this weird Scottish castle. There's and, suits and, of armor around him. <laughs> he's like, thematically, he's working on like machine gun flamethrower bagpipes of course yeah as if they as if what they already spat out wasn't terrible enough well this is to me is one of these like bond tropes it just seems like it's so past the sell-by date that like they 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 did you know a similar joke probably like 15 movies ago where like q's got like some guy who's oh he looks normal and then he like he turns out he's got a gun or a hidden gun and he shoots someone and they just keep doing it every movie over and over again because you got to do it you got to have q doing something the worst one is in um living daylights the guy's walking around with a giant boom box on his Mm. shoulder and then he presses a button and it fires a rocket at a dude Mm -hmm. and q's like something we're working on for the americans (laughs) it's called a ghetto blaster this is uh, Q's last movie. Yeah. Which, I, I do like in one of the instances where it's like suddenly the writing is is much better than it has been in other parts of the movie. His his final lines to Bond, you know, I've always tried to teach you th- two things. Never let them see you bleed and always have an escape plan. That's that's a great Bond line. And it's like sandwiched in, you know, with let's not skirt the issue. Also not supported in the text. What? All have an escape plan. Q fucking hates this guy. <laughs> He's not trying to teach him shit. He's trying to like have this guy like blow his entire like uh, you know R and D budget in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like John Cleese as R. He's so ridiculous in this though. He's at one point he gets his lab coat stuck in the car door. He looks up at one point as if the answer lies above his head. 
he's a little too dumb for me. So you have that, he's and a then you have that, that beautiful Desmond Llewellyn goodbye, mm-hmm. which is only in here because he's so old. And they thought he was well, going to die. And he did. Yeah. But do you know what he died from? Of a car accident. Of a car accident. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a really weird like premonition. They but uh, John Cleese has one of the best lines in the movie. He's like, oh, that classic 007 wit, or at least half of it. Yeah. Well, I feel like they needed more of that in his role and yeah. less of like goofy, absent minded professor, like, yeah. you know, close his coat in the car door type of thing. Of course, there's just some new x ray sunglasses, because sure, why not? And the new product placement car that they have to talk about. It's got there's cup a- holders. Make sure you put the cup holder line and all the, uh, the tie in, you know, Mercedes ads for it. There's a really dumb, like, is it a Mercedes or is it a Beamer? I can't remember. I think it's a Beamer. Oh, it's Beamer. Ugh. There's a really dumb inside joke with the car later. Um, which is so dumb to even recognize it, but I will. Um, also, so there's a jacket that shoots out some kind of inflatable ball to protect you in an avalanche. Uh, he's not wearing this jacket later when he uses this technology. Oh, but isn't he? <laughs> I guess he took off the big red tag on it. Like the- well, he's wearing a full jumpsuit. He's not wearing a jacket during the skiing thing. Maybe he called up Q and had him modify it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, they, they really phased out a lot of the gadget stuff and the newer Bonds, which I'm probably okay with. I'm glad that we didn't get... Because well, he has no... Bond has no mission. So, like, giving him an avalanche-proof jacket when he doesn't even know he's going to be in the snow is one thing. I'm glad that we don't see the introduction of a, some of the gadgets he used. Like, mm-hmm. they're just standard issue. Like, having my he's watch... He's got, like, a grappling hook watch. Do some yeah. new stupid thing. Um, it gets real weird when Bond is looking at the uh, the news articles of Electric King and he starts like caressing her face on the screen. Yeah, like is it a touch screen or is he just like trying to well, wipe the tear away? Also, it is touch screen because he does it on the other monitor, but look at the size of those goddamn monitors. They're CRTs. Yeah, I know. They're giant. Um, yeah, he's immediately researching Electric King, the daughter of the killed Robert King. He's like, yeah, he's like trying to wipe her tears away on this yeah, fucking like, thing. Figures out that the money that he went to retrieve for M is the same amount of money she was ransomed for. Well, it's not like exchange rates change daily. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's a perfect match for 5 million. So this gets him back on the case cuz he, he also like fucked his way to a medical clearance. So, massive CRT monitors, huge 3D holographic projections <laughs> of people's like the inside of their heads. Yeah, Renard sent to 009 after him like, put a bullet in his brain Tony Stark boner stuff and like what wh- what do you think of Renard's uh, affliction here like on the scale of like uh, let's say Goldfinger to like Moonraker like where does this guy having a bullet in his brain that's slowly working his way well, through the Medulla doesn't have Oblongata. an affliction he's just sexually attracted to gold no I, I don't mean I, I just mean in like which I mean ter- that's a problem I'm talking about, sign me I'm up. talking about movie like quality you know I think that it is cheesy and perfect in a Bond way. Mm-hmm. He's dying slowly, but he'll get stronger every single moment till, till the day's dead. Yeah. yeah, he's losing all his senses. Which they show him like he'll burn his hand and it doesn't hurt him at all. But I'm like, as a terrorist, don't you need like hand skin that you just burned off because you don't feel shit? I don't know. What's the point of fucking if you if you can't feel alive? I mean, they they get into it a little with him and Electra later. Or he's just like, he was better than me, wasn't he? He's really insecure about Bond's Mm -hmm. lovemaking. His coxmanship. So yeah, they figured Renard's in on it. Oh, so this is a great detail that you just saw. Mm -hmm. He's fingering the Renard hole, the the brain hole, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then the doctor appears out of fucking nowhere, and he's like a little embarrassed, so he pulls the finger back. (laughs) 
I feel bad because you have every fucking MI6 employee here, and then Money Penny just shows up to like deliver the mail and like, like do oh, some and, lady like, drop, shade, drop some shade on yeah. uh, Doctor Warmflesh or whatever her name yeah. is. Yeah, some warm booty. Yeah, yeah. What is her line? It's something. I feel like it's like a, a some riff on like taking out the trash or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, the doctor obviously took the job in hand. Yeah. Ugh. Well, it's like. Everyone knows this guy has fucked everyone in this room, right? <laughs> so, like later on, when they're scandalized by watching him fuck, it's like, guys, that's got to be. I will get to it, but that's got to be like the the biggest groaner since like at least Moonraker. But this is yeah, this is why this is why Harvey Weinstein was allowed to exist for twenty thirty years. They go to Azerbaijan here. As far as Bond locales go, this place is pretty blah. Not exactly scenic. It's like, oh, it's a bunch of like shitty dirt and like oil rigs yeah Electra's doing oil stuff near Carabao in the Caspian Sea um, oh we also miss Colin Salmon's greatest line our only witness committed suicide in the balloon there's a helicopter with these like weird like rig of like saw blades that's just like flying around cutting down trees not or at least the sides of trees yeah that's not geared right for like actually cutting down these trees it, it can be horizontal only be, not vertical it can right? only be foreshadowing uh, oh. Yeah, I wonder if we'll, we'll see Chekhov's uh, weird chainsaw Saw helicopter, helicopter yeah. again. Um, I like how M basically tells Bond, don't fuck Elektra too. Mm-hmm. He should have yeah. followed that advice. Yeah. Well, she's thirsty though. I mean, oh yeah. I, I'm not going to excuse Bond or anything, but like she's definitely, she's driving for the hoop there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like uh, this whole oil well, pipeline I mean, Don't drama. get me wrong. In the other circumstances, Elektra would be the star of the movie as far as I'm concerned. They Get give, it, girl. They give her a lot more than you usually get for like the secondary Bond characters. Well, because she's the Bond girl turned Bond villain. Mm-hmm. But even a Bond villain usually doesn't get that much. No, you know, like they they really go into like some of the kind of psychology of her character, which I feel like that's that's where the good movie lies. Mm-hmm. And there's too much other bullshit that's like constantly undercutting that. Um, I want to say the head of security later played the head of the evil bank in that Clive Owen movie. Okay. The International. That's not Christopher Plummer? No, 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 no. The the weird, Oh, the other one. The oh. weird Swiss guy, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was thinking of inside job. No, no. Um, yeah, there's this whole thing where like she agrees to move her pipeline around some like ancient church or something like that. It costs temple. millions in time and yeah. But she, it's like, oh she the people like her. The foreman. She's got like, things. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah. Your father approved these plans. I don't know why and I'm she, doing a Mario voice. She's like immediately like, my mother this, my mother that, you know, yeah, this yeah. is my mother's land, my mother's company, all this. You know. Bond's like, should I take note of this? Nah. Nah. Um, yeah, so he's just like, I'm here to protect you. And she's like, I'm the most dangerous part of place in the world. Like, everyone here is out to kill me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to. Tell me I'm in danger. We get the exposition about all the competing pipelines and whatnot. All of Russia's pipelines. She's trying to go all the way through Turkey. That will be important later. Um, Putin's like, I want this girl. And then dead. it's like, man, we, we it's, it's been a lot of talking. We need, to, we need to get to an action scene here. So she's like, oh, I need to go survey the lines or something it's like about that. Skiing. Yeah. And he immediately she, jacks the, like the, the CEO of the company or whoever, you know, needs to go personally survey the the lines and so they go like helicoptering up to a mountaintop to ski around which just makes me wonder what are these other 500 extras doing 
Well, and they just drop him there. Like, well, because they can't land. Yeah, but like, could you not have just flown and looked at the lines? Yeah, I don't know why you yeah, didn't ski. I don't know. Like, all, all they do is they ski around and eventually like get to a little promontory where they can see the, the survey lines or whatever, and they're just like, looks good, you know, from like, 500 feet away minimum maybe maybe half a mile away i can't hear the word promontory and not think of the music from last mohicans okay um yeah so some parahawks show up bad guys these are some serious like archer level uh, bad guy like rigs here it's like they're like snowmobile parachute things parahawks yeah parahawks sure um I, my, the best bit is when the uh, you think he's the dude's like dr- yes. gone off the yes. cliff and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see the explosion. And then the dude like pops another parachute out. Bond is like so upset. Yeah. Fuck. I don't believe that guy could have turned you don't around think and come that's, back. You don't think that's really them oh, up that on the mountain right there. But honestly, this could be like the the picture that Desmond took with Penny. Like that could be a backdrop right there. That could <laughs> this could be green screened. This I've, could be the back of the hotel. So there's a shot in Empire Strikes Back. With Luke in the snow, that Irving Kirshner shot out the yeah. back of their hotel because they couldn't leave the hotel. But that was real snow. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's a shot when he's getting away from the Wampa, stumbling out of the cave. Um, yeah, I think they went there. I feel like they okay. They so just he went saw a mountain. That was the yeah. end of it. He went home right after this. Are they shot for he, two more weeks. You saying he can't ski? Is that what you're saying? I would, I would bid on a celebrity thing where Pierce Brosnan teaches me how to ski. I mean these these parahawks here, they have these cool rigs and everything, but like weapon wise, the guy's just got like a little submachine gun that he Uzi's pulls out. And hand grenades that he's throwing. Yeah, it's not like I you kind of want them to have like some installed guns on that thing or something. Well, what what is the turning situation here? I think you just kind of pull on the yeah, left you're just and pulling right. on the parachute. So yeah. I don't know if I want the guns attached to the thing. You're probably better off just being able to yeah, like, spray your bullets. It's your not gun. as much fun. Yeah. At least it could be mounted or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. Also, full jumpsuit, not the same jacket. You don't think it's the same? You could have it underneath, maybe. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, do you think that this guy here is Brosnan, and then do you think this guy in the next shot is also Brosnan <laughs> no. from very far away? Yeah, there's. I mean, he is not doing his own stunts at all. He's there, right? Do you think this is green that, screen? That is probably him. Well, it's got to be. I mean, but he's probably just sitting on the back of a pickup truck or something yeah. driving through the snow. I mean, I feel like stunt work wise, they they earn it. They're doing it old school. I'll give them pass. This definitely fits into the level of action you got from movies in 1999. Mm-hmm. Going to have a lot of big stunt work, some explosions. I love and I wish they did this more in movies these days where like whenever one of these bad guy parahawks crashes, it just fucking explodes immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why it explodes. Oh yeah, because yeah, it, it does at one point. He, one guy just kind of scuffs up against a tree. Kaboomo! Kablooms, completely explodes. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Um, there's like a GIF out there. It's like, what if Michael Bay directed Titanic? Where it's like one of the when the when the boat's all tilted up and the guy falls down toward the propeller, the he just up. explodes. Yeah. Uh. All the action scenes in this movie go on longer than they really need this to. This whole movie goes on longer than it needs to. Yeah. It's like they, they really wanted to get their money's worth out of all these stunts. But I can't remember what his quip is there when the guy falls off the thing. It's it's just worth it though for how disappointed he is when he pops the second parachute. But he's somehow like his his big move here, he sees these two parahawks are kind of near each other, coming near each other. So he like skis off a cliff and like lands and like slices the parachute of one of them 
somehow knowing that it will make that guy swerve into the other one at just the right time. Yeah. Good job, James Bond. Well, I mean, it's kind of. I feel like he always had one of these moments in his movies. Like the uh, there's a bit in the uh, Goldeneye in the end when like he's like bullets are just like spraying around, ricocheting mm. around his head, and he's like checking his watch. Like like this is the ain't no thing. Well, and then it, there's like a really radical tone shift here because previously Electra's been like, "Don't give a fuck." Like, yeah, yeah. I my life is constantly in danger. Whatever they they fall. There's like a little mini avalanche, and he like covers them up with his like weird avalanche protection coat. Avalanche and then balls. she's like flipping out. Yeah. She's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Super like, claustrophobic. Super frazzled. Yeah. Like I mean, they they almost start making out right here. Like she's so freaked out by it. Um. I mean, I guess it makes sense that she has like PTSD or whatever. It just seems like a little much. And those Electra, bangs. You are being very uncool right now. Yeah. And those bangs, especially. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, they keep going to this place called Baku. Is that like a city somewhere in like Azerbaijan or something? Uh, it's uh, it's near the, the capital city of Thede on the planet Naboo. Sure. Um, a lot of gold. She's like, can you believe that we elect a queen and she's 14 years old on our stupid planet? <laughs> There's a lot of like gold uh, filigree or whatever we'd call this, yeah. like in her bedroom here. Um, Who is the man in the turban on the frame? I think it's photo? supposed to probably be like her, one of her ancestors, I would guess, but okay. not her dad. But no, probably one of her ancestors. Um, <laughs> Here's my great grandfather, Hassani Sabah. Um, yeah, so and Bond's just like hanging out at this point, yeah. right? Like he's <laughs> like, I'm kind of on a mission and kind of not like. I'm just going to follow you around a lot. Yeah. If that's cool. So as M said, remember shadows are either in front or behind, never on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's already driving for it right here. Yeah. I mean, she's wearing like essentially like a, a nightgown. Well, like the stylish nightgowns is her, mm-hmm. her whole thing. He's like, I think turned off by the consensualness of it all. Yeah. Freaks him out. he, he wants to be the pursuer. I think yeah. he, he's a little weirded out by her. If he's not pressuring so a woman into sex, which is, what's the point? But I, love, I love the look of her bodyguard. It's so 90s. Yeah, this whole casino scene. This feel, is ridiculous. This is like Bond needs to go to a casino, basically, well, right? We, we got to get Bond in a tux. He's got to go to a casino. Is this the only purpose of the x-ray glasses? Do they use this again? Yeah, I think this is the only time they use it. And it's just to like figure out who has the biggest gun, I guess. Like everyone's everyone's packing heat, but he like finally finds one guy that's got like a, a whole fucking Uzi or something under well, his And to seriously like ogle like see throughness of these women's clothing. But it, I mean it's like He even makes the like ooh It's a PG thirteen movie, so like it somehow like sees their underwear but not beneath. You right. Know? Right. Um, I was actually amazed they didn't do the bad joke where it's like that's not a woman or something like that, oh. you know, like because that was like places out, Dan. That was just a mainstay of like any any movie in the nineties yeah. where somebody had the glasses on. Yeah. What is this like rainbow leopard print dress that woman is wearing? It's Crazy. amazing. That's an aria dress. But this, there's no reason for this whole sequence to happen other than they wanted to bring back Robbie Coltrane. And we eventually like Bond just like beats this guy up. This this Goldie henchman, he sucks. Here, here. This is this is sterling proof right here. Never trust a DJ. <laughs> yeah. Eventually we get to Robbie Coltrane, who's like got these like two weird oh, I guess he dumped, escorts or something. Yeah, he's got a lot of escorts. I guess he dumped Mini Driver. That's right. She's yeah. the girl. Mm-hmm. Mini Driver. What is Bond's line? Goldeneye. Who's butchering that cat? <laughs> 
there's no reason for Robbie Coltrane to be in this movie, but he is. But it's like he's like almost the Felix Leiter. Yeah, all. I mean, I I didn't miss their the Felix Leiter from these. Joe Don Baker. He was just not. I'm glad that they didn't actually make him Felix Leiter. Wasn't he? No, because Felix Leiter got his like legs eaten off and licensed to kill. But I mean, they just bring back Felix Leiter. Again. No, 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 they don't kill. They don't maim him. This is why the Craig ones are essentially a reboot hmm. or a prequel. I'm not sure if you're right about that, but I'll defer yeah, to you. They're not. They are not set after all of the shit in the Bond thing. But Bond just like resets whenever it feels like it. Eh, but but my point is that nothing ever seriously happens to characters who would reappear. Felix Leiter got his legs bitten off. And he doesn't come shark. back until they reboot you the sh- You're saying that guy's not Felix Leiter in the first two? Do you want to pick a pause and look him up? It is, I can tell you his name. It's Jack Wade. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's an alias. Hey, it's me, your old buddy, Felix Leiter. I'm a disgusting American slob now. <laughs> so this is like the one scene in the movie where Electra looks like kind of more modern and glamorous. And even though she good. does still have the bangs. Yeah, looking real good. Uh seemingly this is all just to show how reckless she is with her gambling, although eventually he figures out that she's like essentially money laundering to him, I guess. Well, it's so, she just like drops a million. It's so blatantly obvious. Not just drops a million. Their game is just drawing high cards. I feel like they could have done better. I get that they're trying to go like they're trying to show her character is so like reckless that like she doesn't give a fuck. Just high card. Like it doesn't even matter what the game is. But she mean, just wants to gamble on something. You're like a you're like a poker guy. Like you're like a middle of the night go to the card room kind of guy. Tell me this didn't offend you. It didn't offend me. I, I understand the impulse. Some people just like the action. Um but it is kind of like dramatically, it's a little bit boring. I feel I like. like my action to last longer than thirty seconds. Yeah, I mean, that's. I mean, some people they just want to put it all in black thirteen and see what happens. But this this room is so gaudy and Russian that there's like neon cursive above it when they come in. Also, Michael G. Wilson has his cameo. Oh, where did the guy in the turban come from? He's a dealer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's just not dramatic. I, I I get why they're having her just play high card and it's like, ooh, she got the Queen of Hearts. Um, but it's not as interesting as if it was anything with like some drawn out tension. You know, like one card is just not it's like, okay, you won or you lost, that's it. Yeah. I'm I don't know. I I don't other than Casino Royale, has Bond played cards in a while? Um, I mean, he does briefly in Goldeneye. I feel like there was a casino scene inspector maybe, or am I totally missing? I, I can't even remember. Spectre is so forgettable. I don't think there's a casino. scene. I was not surprised, but a little upset when they updated to like five card draw or whatever. Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em and Casino Royale. The only but problem like, there is that the, the last hand in that movie is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's like that in every poker movie. It's mm-hmm. all an absurd hand, but like, like what did a guy have like, like quads versus like straight flush versus you know i mean like it, what do they call the the ace king uh ak-47 i mean there's lots of names for it anna kornikova anna kornikova that's the one you were talking about looks good never wins yeah um i just picture like uh Lashif's just like tell me mr bond have you ever seen rounders <laughs> um but like i have grown up with bond movies and never understanding how the fuck background works it's like kind of like blackjack Kind, kind of, of yeah. <laughs> You're saying a lot of words, Sweevy. 
Bonko. Uh, so then, like, David Off, remember that guy they mentioned once before? He turns out as evil and goes to meet Renard at this weird devil's breath place. I mean, this is a true henchman lair here. I guess. He just, like, walks out of a cave that's on fire. Well, is he just, like, his, like, his lackeys are like, I got a couple places where you can meet him. One of them is like a Dairy Queen. One of them's the Dock. One of them's this. And he's just like, don't you have any like caves in the woods of eternal flames? <laughs> look like the pits of fucking hell. I can bullshit some kind of story about the locals coming here for thousands of years. It would really help if the rest of his henchmen weren't also just kind of like short shaved head types as well yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like like if the rest of them had long hair or something i don't know like you gotta diversify it up more multicultural so that the we should girl always we should always know oh that's renard he's the balding one you know like there shouldn't be like five other dudes who kind of look like they could be renard is he doing an eye thing is there like a lazy he's got eye like there? a lazy eye thing yeah he's like doing like a full tom york is that not just uh robert carlisle i wasn't sure I can, can you can you act like you have a lazy eye? I don't think you can unless you like, I don't know, injected it with botulism or something. You have to join a Radiohead cover band for a year. Mm-hmm. Robert Carlo is not bad. He just has nothing in this to me. Oh, there's this random other like portly fellow who oh, gets shot for being, I don't know, you've got this, untrusting or this tough jawed, creepy looking Swedish guy. And then you got like Portly McSweatles a lot. And it's like, I wonder which one they're going to secretly kill. Yeah. And then and then we, after the casino, we cut back to Bond and, and they fucked already. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess she got what she wanted. Also, it, it, this, this section feels weird and choppy. Like there's scenes we don't need, like with Renard there. And then this, where it feels like we missed the scene in between. Yeah. Also, Electra, serious ice kink. Oh yeah, she read that Cosmo she, front to back. She is turned on by frozen water. Mm-hmm. She keeps. I I thought she kept going for the wine. Nope. No, she's she's going for the ice. I need that ice. Need it. There's some some backside. I think you get like one of the few genuine like uh, accidental nip slips in this. Probably, yeah. This is before they can CGI that out. Although, Other well, than if you watch the Blu-rays of some of the the credit sequences and some of the early, oh movies, yeah, you can there's see some it all. Nips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? It, this is supposed to be kind of like. I don't know if I'd say a grand romance, but this is supposed to be sincere, but I feel like it happened so quickly and we didn't even see it start that it's a little weird. Like it yeah. doesn't land like it should. Like we went from them leaving the casino seemingly not about to bang to like, oh, now they're in bed, this you know, like the- and, and it's supposed to be like we're supposed to feel like Bond had some emotions. I think this is like the 19th or 20th movie. I just don't believe he's catching feelings this hard. I think they wanted a little bit of uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service vibe where he... I think they want that in every movie. Though. Oh, because I mean, she asked him at one point, like, haven't you ever been in love or something well, but like see, that? What saves Honor Majesty's Secret Service is they actually take like a Louis Armstrong like courtship montage mm-hmm. where they go and like look at flowers and shit. Um, also, the credit card turns into a lockpick. Yeah. Lame. I mean, you could buy that on Amazon. Yeah, so Bond figures out David Off's evil shoots him. Nobody hears it. No. Um, yeah, it's loud. And then like takes his place on what turns out to be like a terrorist mission to steal a uh, a nuclear bomb. There's all these dogs here that never come into play. No. Like I kept thinking like that the dogs will be loose at some point, but they aren't. No. I had a good chuckle. Because like, look at this other dude. Also like 
European shaved head. Like, there's too many guys that look the same. It was like his cousin's also his sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when they all start wearing the same jumpsuit. Yeah. They're like, come on. Well, and then Bond puts on the jumpsuit too. It's like one Bond's, of these. Bond sticks out a little. Yeah, one of these is not like the others. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good chuckle. Also, they love sneakers. <laughs> they brought the Russians some Nikes. Um, he has like a like a chintzy little like Universal Exports ID that he can like razor blade his picture out of. Which, by the way, you know he fucked the girl who took the picture. Uh, they're all smoking on the plane. I love that. What a bunch of like dirtbag Eastern European terrorists these guys are. Pots went up all night like raging at these assholes. Mm-hmm. He just goes and modifies his own thing. <laughs> And they land in they land in Kazakhstan, Central Asia. Oh, thanks. (laughs) And then there's like all these explosions for some reason. I can't remember why. It's like a minefield or what. But it's like, oh, we're we're showing some scientists like walking around disarming a nuclear bomb or something. She's about to take off her her like bunny suit or whatever. And oh, it's Lara Croft basically. Mm -hmm. She's wearing like tiny 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 little hot pants shorts tank top and like a tank top and that's it yeah it's pretty absurd and and like bond and like the random army dude are just like ogling her well, and checking her random out army dude is such a pig he's just like trust me she's a lesbian or whatever because <laughs> i tried yeah I tried three times man definitely a lesbian which that's shitty all on its own I mean, there's no excusing that but like I don't know. Don't ever talk about your lack of prowess of girls when you're standing next to Pierce fucking Brosnan who's uber handsome. Um, so this is this is the bit too where I'm Dr. Christmas Jones. She's like, I've heard all the jokes. Don't even. I've heard all the jokes. And he just he's like, I don't know any doctor jokes because he's doing an accent. And she softens a little bit. She's just like, finally, repartee. <laughs> I ain't getting none of that out here. Yeah, um, I can't wait till we meet her dad, McNulty. Oh, Lara Croft. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck did I do? I mean, she probably would have been a decent Lara Croft. Oh no, she couldn't do the British accent. Probably Denise Richards. Could have always dubbed, <laughs> dubbed it. Yeah. Uh, she just she just stands out. I I I feel like Denise Richards is maybe not the greatest actress, but she. She's good in Wild Things. She's good in Starship Troopers. Kind of like in in her niche where she works. This is not that niche. No. I have heard a story. I've heard tell. And it might be apocryphal that Tiffany Amber Thiessen was like the other choice. Okay. Which is a zero only two choice. Yeah, I know. They're just like, we want a super hot uh, nuclear physicist who is completely unrealistic in the role, you know? Yeah. And her eyebrows were like way too maintained for her to have been like living out in a desert well, somewhere. Look at her makeup. It I is know it's done. Yeah. yeah, it's done. I mean, she showed up ready to work her face. Yeah. She's out in a desert somewhere in Az- or in Kazakhstan. Surrounded by these like slovenly scumbags. Covered in bunny suits half the time. Yeah. Somehow, no. I get what perfect. you're saying, but when you say bunny suits, mm-hmm. I think of something else altogether. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Radiation suits. Yeah. Like like hazmat ish gear, and this is like a serious like remember no Russian type of scene, you know, because these guys all go in and uh, they just steal the bomb. I mean, the, the security at this place sucks. Yeah, somehow Davidoff had the 
the ID to get into this place. That doesn't make any and sense. And the poorly mixed lot had it before him. Well, it's like, how did Electra's like, I don't know, security chief or whoever Davidoff was, mm-hmm. he's got like an in with like Russian nuclear energy or something that he can well, just like stroll up. Look at this operation. I don't yeah, think I it's that hard. You just bring some fucking sneakers. Most of these guys, by the way, die at the end of this action sequence. There's a massive explosion. Well, the security might have been a little less lax if they weren't all trying to like bed one of the scientists. True, true. <laughs> so he eventually gets down there and sees all these like shady terrorists are taking this like nuclear warhead uh, apart. Bond like just he could kill Renard here, but he doesn't because he wants more info. Renard drops the "there's no point of living if you can't feel alive" line, which Electra said earlier, mm-hmm. so you know something's up there. He's like, wait. Electra said that, and I also heard Shirley Manson say that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Third time is enemy action. Denise Richard shows up, and she's like, they're imposters, or whatever. Well, I want to like her character, because she's like, the real Dr. Russian McFace is is like 63 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so another action sequence ensues. Renard gets away with a bomb. A lot of his henchmen die. They've got like the a lot bomb of running and jumping around with Bond and Christmas Jones here. The the bomb is heavy. It's on some kind of like uh, conveyor thing that you have to like manually push. It's a lot. It's down like a tunnel is where they want to take it. So there's a lot of like shooting or sh- shutting doors on people. I don't think he needs the grappling hook watch to get out of that lowered space. Probably not. No. Um, Doctor Christmas Jones very athletic, so she's got to climb some stuff up. Well, she's dressed like the Tomb Raider, so she yeah. might as well do some running and jumping. There's a bit where Pierce Brosnan like jumps on one of those conveyor things, like he hangs onto the chains and like slides away from explosions. Which wouldn't be that fast. It yeah, it does, he seems like he's going way too slow. I feel like he could have run faster. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially since look how long it took him to move the bomb down there. The only sequence about this I really like is when he when he, the stuntman does the dive through the closing doors oh, yeah. in the midair. It's a, it's a full stuntman dive. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you're diving into a pool from way mm-hmm. high up. Oh, and Dr. I like this. Jones I like this in the, the background. The elevator. What is she doing? She's like rigging up the elevator, I guess, or something. Well, she's Bond jumped out as the door shut on her because mm-hmm. he figured she'd be safer there. She's rigging it up to open the door again. The bit where he shoots the glass that Renard's behind—that's, I guess, a nice moment. I remember loving that moment in like episode six or seven of like the first season of Twenty Four. Oh yeah, in the back of the limo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I like this bit though, where uh, uh, as Renard's going up and Bond has to watch him leaving, he just sees Renard pointing down to the grenade that the, the elevator's pulling the string out of. That's like a five second timer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel and like- that's when Bond has to slow mo run away from a fireball. Somehow they they like find another way out. Like as Renard leaves this place, him and his henchmen just like oozy the place up. Yeah. Uh, Bond and Christmas Jones get out like via they do the old like they like they're on like some sort of hydraulic lift and they shoot the lift and it makes them go up real fast. They do that move. Yeah. Uh, and he comes up like seemingly like a mile away. And then like you're just like looking at the rest of the uh the, the compound that they're like somehow got way far away from. And it just all blows up. Mm-hmm. Like you see the plane gets away oh no the bomb got away and then the whole place just explodes i mean all those people we just got introduced to they're all dead now yeah yeah that whole that whole compound that that dirtbag army guy is making lesbian cracks yeah. on the other side uh we 
figure out that Bond, he, he noticed earlier that one of the henchmen was like removing this chip from the bomb. Well, because she's like, don't worry, they're not going to get far. The All the nuclear warheads have like a tracker on them. And he's like, does it look like this? What row? Also, floor electronic floor maps at the MI6 headquarters in Scotland. Floor maps, Electra, CRT monitors. Electra just like FaceTimes up M and is like, James Bond disappeared. I need you to come here personally. That's not suspicious at all. This is super nerdy. I like the uh, portrait of Bernard Lee. Okay. The guy who played M for the longest. Mm, yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's not suspicious at all that she wants M to come personally because she's so scared. Yeah. She calls her M too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she mentions to this room full of MI6 employed that Bond left her villa in the middle of the night and everyone's just like, oh. They're like, girl, let me tell you a little bit about James Bond. He does that. They need to like cut over because I mean, it's not like the power of sisterhood is remotely in this movie. They need to cut over to like uh, Money Penny, like elbowing Molly Warmflash. <laughs> Told you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So Bond comes back and he accuses Electra because um, number one, the the there's no point in living if you can't real, feel alive. What was his like second piece of evidence? Oh, the shoulder that Renard knew yeah. that his shoulder was injured. And she's like, you had a you had a sling on at the funeral. Yeah, anyone could have known that. So he's still kind of trusting. Also, her. that hurt acting that you've been telegraphing all over the place. <laughs> yeah, all the those ADR lines. Yeah. yeah, and then we then we get past the the Christmas line of the uh, I have to get that bomb back or someone's gonna have my ass. First things first. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he sit there and he's like pondering. What's the line I want to use? That was in the trailer, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then later, she'll be like, what's the deal with you and Electra? <laughs> yeah. At least she finally gets to change into some sort of like actual outfit that uh, a professional would wear instead of dressing like Lara Croft. Her only real bit of character development is that she intimates that she only does this work out here so she doesn't have to answer personal questions. She's like, it's not like I'm a human being or anything. <laughs> I'm not a real person. Um, eventually, there's like another terrorist attack at one of like the pipeline terminals, and so look at those ninety suits. All of MI6 basically shows up at like I don't know, this like weird like pipeline headquarters or whatever. Uh, and then they figure out that there's a a nuclear bomb has been like put on a little car inside the pipeline. I I think Pierce Brosnan's like uber handsome, but like I don't think he looks good in suits because he's so lanky and like not. I don't know. Like this suit doesn't. Oh, look they're good putting on in that. some weird '90s suits too. Yeah, they're bad know? '90s. A lot suits. of like light grays and. I mean, I'll say this for Daniel Craig: he's a thuggish-looking man, but the suits look good on him. Mm-hmm. Well, he did have that nice jacket made for him by Vesper, so you know. It is true. Yeah. So they figure out they got to go track down the bomb, and it's like very convenient. Why is Doctor Christmas Jones here? It's not clear, but good thing oh, she is. Nuclear bombs, and that's yeah. her forte. Mm-hmm. And like she didn't even seem to come with Bond, she was just there. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm still not quite sure why like the nuclear bomb disposal team is so connected to Electric King, but I, sure. Well, I think because the bomb is now being used in her pipeline. Logically, it's the same strain as for why uh, what's her name in uh, Angels and Demons is is tooling around with Tom Hanks the whole time. Okay, sure, yeah. Like I mean. I think he makes a comment at one point, like, what do I need to defuse a nuclear bomb? And she's like, me, me. Yeah. which is like, that's good. I buy that from her character. So they, they go get into the pipeline somewhere else in front of the, this, like, there's like a runaway 
like car inside the pipeline that's got the nuclear bomb on it. So they got to go. get in front of it, yeah. their own runaway car. She'll drive. She can do that. She's a nuclear physicist. Well, it's it's really just forward. Be <laughs> <laughs> driving. Yeah. It's really just like just accelerate and break. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say this would be a cool video game level, but you're just going forward. Uh, maybe there's like stuff you had to dodge around on the pipes. You know, I could see that you had to like rotate around. This would be an interesting two-player, where one of you is looking forward, one of you is looking backwards. Oh, yeah. For some reason, you have to shoot at enemies who are inside the, the pipeline. Uh, so they eventually get to the bomb. She takes it apart to defuse it and discovers that half the plutonium is gone. And so, Well, she, he's like, somebody has stripped the screw heads. And she's like, it's been tampered with. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of what I just hinted at. Yeah. And she's like, well, I just came out and said it. <laughs> So she takes the the other half of plutonium, but they let the um, I don't know what they call that, like the detonation charge or whatever. They they still let that go off, so it looks like they died. Because Bond, that was like his last second improv. He's just like, let it blow up, you know. After they took the plutonium out, Mm -hmm. because he wants to be dead. Yeah, I mean, how many times have they thought Bond was dead in a Bond movie? Well, I'll say this: at least he doesn't like go rogue in all the all the Brosnan ones, like Craig does. And then Electric King, who like we see suddenly Sophie Marceau must be much taller than Judy Dench. She like towers over her. She's like, oh, good timing. Here, M. Here's uh, the original brooch that was replaced that killed my father. I'm evil. Shoots everyone else. Also, if you couldn't tell she was evil, look at that bizarre necklace she's wearing. Oh, I know. It's massive. That's how you Is, uh, demons. Does your boy get got here? Um, Which boy? What's that guy's name? Charles Robinson? Yeah. No, no, no. He likes he slipped out or something. Yeah, they, he's the one that they call later and he's mm-hmm. just like Bond's nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all these other flunkies get shot. I guess like all of MI6 left except for M at this point. Well, you had like 200 people in this room and Electra quietly gets rid of all but seven of them. I don't know, M. Where's, where's your situational awareness? Well, it's like everybody left, yeah. Um, yeah, Bond's really like He's, he keeps grabbing his shoulder through this whole movie. It never really comes to anything. It's not like he can ever not do anything at it's, all because of it. It's like, you know, at least Craig pulls the shrapnel and Sky, yeah. and Skyfall out of his thing. Although, why was he fucking girls on the beach and doing like tequila of scorpions and not pulling the bullet out of him in that movie? <laughs> uh, so anyway, she's got to get that bomb back or someone's oh, going to have ass her line. ass. Yeah. yeah things first so then we go to turkey there's like a lighthouse that they drop m off at renard shows up this is the whole thing where like renard is basically like he's been cucked by james bond he, he can't get her off the way bond does electra is just so giddy to have her boyfriend back look at his fucking homies that he rolls with they all look just like the greasiest euro trash they all look the same it's so they frustrating look like just angry fishermen They've got the other half of plutonium there that I guess he can just hold and it's safe. What are, and what are these guys off to? Are they just like, finally, on dry land, I got to take a shit. I'm not totally clear about the physics of using weapons-grade plutonium in a nuclear reactor. Maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. What I love is that a lot of people didn't know is if you put compressed air into that reactor, you can also shoot the rod out of it. We'll get to that, yeah. Uh, there's some... I- some villain monologuing with M here who's like locked in the this convenient dungeon that's in the lighthouse. There's a it's like, full of like antiquities. There, yeah, it's a cell full of like marble butts. Yeah. The production designer's just like, 
Go ahead and try to stop me. I can do whatever I want. I mean, this this bit is pretty good. You know, he's got some Bernard's got some lines with him about how all he thinks about is time and mm-hmm. you know how he's gonna die soon. And so he puts a little clock in front of her, tells her when she's gonna die. I mean, at least there's no uh, elaborate death trap or something. He's just like, wait here and wait till you die. I like Judy Dench a lot. I like her in these movies. I think the only problem with her recurring characters is she just brings the stiff upper lip too much. A little too much, yeah. I mean, even in Skyfall, I felt like they should have let her have a little more emotion. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. was the implication of her and Silva? I don't know. Was I think it, like, it was just the, like another bond, basically, like that like she a, just like sold a son out. to her? Okay. I think it's just, like, just another double O that she sold out, I think, was the implication. Because I want to bring up, yet again, the recurring question. Did they smash? I don't think so, no. Okay. What about her and Albert Finney? Oh, Emma. Forget about that. Um, so anyway, Renard's been cucked and he's very frustrated about it. And Sophie Marceau comes over and like works her ice game on him because he's punched his hand into something and it's mm-hmm. bleeding. I mean, I guess if he's lost his senses, does that mean he can't get it up? Is that well, what's going on? I would think, but he's, he goes out of the way to like caress her and be like, so beautiful, so smooth. And she's just like, how would you know? Well, I mean, she's basically like let me grab your hand and, and point you towards you, where you need to be. I feel like they're implying that he can't get it up. Yeah, just get me off of some ice. Mm-hmm. M, do to me what Bond did to your hologram brain hole. Super spy, super spy master here, M, can't even like properly pull a stool closer to her without knocking it over. I feel like this is an unneeded pratfall. Like, why did I have to be there? Because she's, she's got the little uh, the chip, the locator chip. Yeah, yeah. It was in her pocket and she's going to use it. She's going to make Ivor do those things again. And then here's a scene that's completely pointless. Caraball and the Caspian Sea here. This scene does not need to be in the movie at all. Uh, for some reason, Bond figured out that like caviar and Robbie Coltrane had something to do with the plot. Because oh, because the Ro- Robbie Coltrane tells him earlier, I make my own caviar now. So? Yeah. So that's where he, how he knows. Yeah, I know, but it's like, so? Well, it's like, you're not an idiot, Bond. You knew that she was like dropping the money in the casino as a payoff anyway. So he goes to like the caviar factory on the Caspian Sea here. And what follows is a completely pointless and way too long action sequence of the Chekhov's chainsaw helicopter. Yeah. There's two of them. There's like flying around cutting stuff up Why forever. Do they, they don't need to put Denise Richards in a tight dress. Oh, it's because she's posing. For like three seconds, for as three seconds. as his like Russian escort or something. But she looks fine yeah. too because she's in this like tight va va boom dress and like white pump sneakers and like a jacket. Yeah, yeah. Well, she puts on the jacket later because I don't know modesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find out that Goldie is double crossing uh, Robbie Coltrane. Dun, dun, dun. Is this when they see his car. Smooth, yeah, they see they, Goldie sees Bond's car. Fucking move, James Bond. Just leaving your like fancy car parked out yeah, on like so... a. This is like out on like on the actual Pier. water somehow he's driven that thing way out there yeah so goldie sees this and why robbie coltrane's going inside goldie will call talia ghoul and bane and let them know mm-hmm. you know this guy's here uh so the the stupid inside joke is that they barely use the car in goldeneye and they used it way too much in tomorrow never dies so they cut it in half here <sighs> yeah this scene th- this whole sequence is pointless the, the directing I feel like is awful too. Like when it actually gets to the action, there's it's it's dark. There's all these piers. We never really know where we are or where the danger's coming from. You know, it's just a lot of like running around and then like ooh, shot of a building getting cut in half or something. Like yeah, it's, it's just cutting shit in half with a 
It goes giant on forever. saw. I mean, you might as well have worked in like the crazy pilot who's just like, I fucking love my job. Yeah. He, he like takes out one of these helicopters with like a rocket launcher from his car. It looks, and then like another one magically appears behind him and saws his car in half. It looks like a, like some kind of dumb handheld video game device from the 90s, but like is shaped like a Simon Says. Yeah, I know. And it just goes and it goes and it goes. And even when like, even when the helicopter finally blows up, it's uh, it's saw blades are like shooting all over the place, almost cutting people in half left and right. That's I think one of the only like CGI moments in the uh, the movie, as far as I can tell. Yeah, those so did not look real at all. Eventually, Robbie Coltrane falls into a pit of his own caviar, and you know they won't rescue him until he gives them information. I kept waiting for Bond to be like, "Fine, I'll help you. Stand up." Yeah, I know. But I don't know anything about caviar, but. Denise Richards says, I wish we had some sour cream to go with this caviar. Yeah. That sounds gross. Yeah. I, I do not eat caviar, so I don't know. Is that is sour cream something you eat with I caviar? you ate it with crackers or just like crisp $100 bills. Yeah. I, I, sour cream sounds like, I, maybe they're like implying that she's like this rube from America who doesn't know how to eat caviar or something. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put some sour cream on that. I don't know. It was really weird. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. So somebody let us know how the proper way to yeah, eat caviar. Yeah, let's look at some uh, some caviar factoids from our listenership. And I mean, like, God, how long is this fucking sequence? I'm curious. Like, way too long. Let's see. It starts at one. Trying to get the exact time here. Okay, so it starts at about a minute or an hour and twenty seven in, and it goes for a fucking while. So like it goes to like one forty. Yeah. Like 20 minutes. God damn, that's ridiculous. It, it feels like an hour. And then they, they really yada yada over um, taking over the nuclear sub. It was like Robbie Coltrane's nephew is going to smuggle something on. He like smuggled some bad so his food on. his nephew is a captain of mm-hmm. a Russian sub. And because you can just buy time on one, they're going to run some contraband. That's, that's what the million dollars is for. And then they just kill them and take the sub because they brought it to them. They take the, an entire fucking Russian nuclear sub. Yeah. Hey, I've seen Hover Red October. I don't think it's that easy. <laughs> it's it's like not a whole lot. Oh, seems to be. This like, is dumb. Someone asked me a while ago because I was yada 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 over the the switch in the language in Hover Red October. It's on the word Armageddon, which is mm-hmm. the same in both Russian and English. There's your stupid fact. Interesting. Um, yeah. So we missed a part. I think where it's the next. Did day. we miss it? Well, yeah. this is like another pointless scene. Well, we're. Electra goes to visit M and give her the the clock. Mm-hmm. She's so wrapped in her sex blanket. Oh, she takes off her ear earring that covers up her like freaky ear that that uh, she cut off herself. I think she shows that to Bond. I think that's still coming. Oh, is that still coming? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's she did to M. But yeah, yeah, she's still in her like sex nightgown. Um, it's just a blanket. Yeah, we find out that this Goldie guy is bad. Who who, who could have known? They double cross Robbie Coltrane. Every single person on this sub is apparently poisoned or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The Russian government doesn't seem too concerned about it. Well, it just happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't think you could take over an entire nuclear submarine without someone knowing. I don't know. Uh, so well, the whole plan here is, by the way, to basically blow up his temple. Well, and like this, uh, this like U-boat base just happens to be like under this lighthouse where yeah. they're chilling at in Turkey there in Istanbul. Uh, yeah, so the, the plan is they're going to cause a meltdown on a nuclear submarine by using weapons-grade plutonium in the reactor. They make a fuel rod out of it. 
I didn't know that, and I, I suspect this is the not realistic, but somehow the the nuclear submarine has like the facilities for making a fuel rod on it. Apparently. They just they just take that plutonium and like make their own fuel rod out of it right there on the sub. Um, there's some drama. About, I, I should really just go Google, do an extensive amount of Googling yeah. and how do I can make my own nuclear weapons. There's some drama between Electra and Renard because he's just like, this is it. And she's like, no, it's the beginning. Well, it's like, well, you. for you. <laughs> oh, what is his line about like uh, the future? I can't remember. It's like, yeah, like have a good future. You earned it or something like yeah. that. Um, she's wearing like a super leggy, sexy dress. That's like totally transparent on top, pretty much. Yeah. And she's enjoying carrying around this captain's hat. <laughs> she's carrying around the why does she carry around the captain's hat? Because it'll be sure. a plot point in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh she so they they brought Bond Bond and Christmas drones got captured at some point. They brought them to the lighthouse. She's gonna like do this dumb torture where she puts Bond in like this ancient torture device that like you spin the wheel and it slowly pushes out a rod that's gonna break your neck. Well, I think it's clearly meant also for sex. Probably, yeah. I think she just sends Christmas Jones off to the boat here. Um, I mean, she definitely straddles Bond at one point on this thing. She's really getting into it. Uh, it's a fuck chair that'll also break your neck. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. The dialogue here, it is interesting. Like, her, her evil villainousness yeah. is compelling, I think. She's, it's a it's a nice change of pace for a Bond movie. In some ways, though, it's like, what if we gave Xenia on a top more monologues? That's a classic Bond villain, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. And then Pierce Brosnan's like, I like where you're going with that, but I need to do a lot more. <laughs> Let me see your missing ear. Yeah. That's doing it for me. Yeah. And she's really mad that M told her father not to like negotiate for her release when she was kidnapped. So she had to like seduce the guards and kill everyone. Yeah. And now she's all fucked up. And so eventually Robbie Coltrane shows up. I'm not sure why he comes, but he does. I guess he's just like chasing down Bond or Man, something. Look at his suit. It's like a tent wrapped around he his body. He shows up with a submachine gun and is like shooting people. He is like, I, I just think there's like 15 different ways like shooters could have taken him out. I know. He is taking his time. He's not exactly like leaning around corners and whatnot, you know? And then he, of course, blows Goldie away. Fuck you, DJ. The night DJ didn't save my life. But oh, he's foiled by that uh, captain's hat that there is a gun underneath it. Whoops, he got shot. But his cane is a gun and he uses his like last he's breath. He's got like this he, weird Bond cane. He pretends to shoot Electra or he's going to shoot Electra and then he points at Bond and she's like, oh yeah, go ahead, whatever. Oh, she's like, that guy really dislikes you. Yeah. And then no, he like shoots the, the armband like tie on the, the torture device so Bond can get away. Well, because if he had shot Electra, Bond would have still been in the sex chair. Yeah. And then the thing would have still blown up. Sure. Uh, Bond chases her, uh, stops midway up to the top of the lighthouse to like free M. Shoot and, the lockout, yeah. yeah. So basically, Electra's like taunting him the whole way. You're not going to kill me. You can't, you can't kill like, someone you've made love to. And he's just like, I'm James Bond. Pow. Well, I, what do you think of this line, though? Like, you won't kill me. You'll miss me too much. I never miss. Bam. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. He doesn't tell her that. He shoots her, then he does the then line. Then he drops the line. Yeah, shoots her right in the heart. Yeah. And then and M's M- just like, holy shit. He just fucking killed that woman. Oh, and then for a second there, I'm like, is he going to have sex with this dead body? It's no time. 
then he he's also he's wearing like this white Panama suit looking thing through so this is where you should have the tactical neck on it's this just, is just a weird linen suit his, his final action scene look is like white pants and like a kind of a bluish purple dress shirt like it's that's so blah he's doing like the uh uh total swan dive yeah like the off bungee the top of the, dive like yeah. he did in gold night off the lighthouse oh we missed was we, we glanced over uh you know the world's not enough and he's that's the old family motto from the crest family motto which yeah. you would see in on her magic secret service which which features hardcore genealogy oh, she as a says, plot point. she says i could have given you the world and he says the world is not enough she's like foolish sentiment i do like motto. the twist that she is the one who turned bernard yeah I think that, that it wasn't the other way around. That works. Um, she's gleeful and demented. She's like a sexy emperor Palpatine almost, the way she toys of him. Um, I don't know. It's it's a clever idea. The the Bond girl as the Bond villain. I think it it mostly works. I think the things that don't work in this movie are not that. Like the Electra plotline is good in this movie. There's just all this other yeah stupid shit and scenes that go on too long that kind of detract from it. Well, it's you have Michael Apted, who presumably is just here for those scenes. Yeah, like yeah. cut the the helicopter saw. We thing. we didn't need the whole sequence on the Caspian Sea yeah. with the helicopter chainsaw. Like, yeah. Unless you're going to be like, what is that pole doing in the middle of the alleyway? And they start doing. <laughs> oh my God! What if Denise Richards was like in Jimkata? Yeah, like an Olympian, mm-hmm. and she's just there to do like high kicks and stuff. There you go. So there's this whole uh, submarine sequence. Bond just like dives into the water, gets into the sub. I guess there's like five dudes on this sub or something. There's not many people here because he takes it over real fast. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, they're making the uh, fuel rod down below. He rescues Christmas Jones from like they just like stashed her in a random hold. I don't know why they didn't just execute her. Yeah. I mean, not to be callous or anything, but you're like a terrorist who's about to cause a nuclear meltdown. Why do you take this woman? down and put her in a compartment why don't you just fucking kill her i get the idea of like let's keep an eye on the one person who could stop us scientifically technologically but like maybe she was like a a hostage they're gonna use or something i don't know um bernard has a really dumb line because he tries to get into the quip game here he says something like welcome to my nuclear family yeah it's like bad it's rough (laughs) thud (laughs) thud like that submarine hitting the ocean floor so, oh, so let's get this. They're going to blow up Istanbul because the Russian pipelines only go so far. They all go to a port that's going to then ship to Istanbul. Yeah, to ship the oil out. But if they can cut that out, then the King pipeline goes all the way to where it goes all the, the way through Turkey. Yeah. yeah. Down to the Mediterranean. Um, so, yeah, action scene. Bond goes in there and just shoots everyone up. The, they damage the controls. And so the sub dies and like plows into the ground. Um, and it's like slowly starting to flood, of course, but not enough to cause too much trouble. It's just a lot of like hanging on and climbing up things and whatnot. Yeah, everything's on its side. Um, good thing there's some like useful crash webbing there for Bond to fall into. Well, good, good thing you can climb up literally everything inside a Russian <laughs> sub. Yeah. Uh, and then like Bond, it's like he can't get through to where the reactor is, so he's got to go out a torpedo tube swim up and then like christmas jones has to wait for just the right moment to open the other torpedo tube so he can get back in it's fine i guess i don't know probably not the greatest underwater action scenes like underwater action scenes are boring they're hard to do well i mean the abyss is a fucking masterpiece at it but uh anytime you're dealing with water it's like a nightmare to shoot in and so i feel like you just see a little bit of sloppiness mm-hmm. mostly mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it, it gives her something to do uh 
she is of course like running around in like a white tank top that magically doesn't go transparent. Well, she is not essential to the neutering of the nuclear fucking weapon. All she does sequence. is explain like oh it's, we're okay now basically. Yeah, you know? we're okay now because it's like submerged or whatever. Yeah. You know? Like <sighs> well, I mean the the final action uh, showdown between Bond and Renard here is them fighting over shoving a phallus into a big they just got a big fucking three foot long phallus and they're just shoving it into that hole and then pulling it back out of that hole and they're shoving it in again which is what their whole their whole dispute has been because yeah. they're really going at it about like like smell my finger no you smell my finger mm-hmm. yeah and then Bond's by like BT dub she's dead it's not very subtextual yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they just keep shoving just, that rod I around. I feel like they found a Roger Moore script in a drawer and rewrote it over a weekend. <laughs> but see, all the the Electra stuff stands out to me from that. You know what I mean? Like that's that's too complex. I gotta tell you, man, and nuance for Roger. Take Moore. a deep dive. Some of that later Roger Moore, or some of that middle Roger Moore. There was some like easy stuff there. Spy who loved me. Mostly for your eyes only. Okay. Don't sleep on for your eyes only. Um. So yeah. Anyway, they eventually say the day by. Ramming like there's like a random compressed air hose that he just like yeah. attaches to the reactor and it fires and the, can, the like, phallus. Press a button and shoot the rod back into mm-hmm. Renard, who's like, thanks. Uh, I'm gonna say four yards only, real quick. It's the only movie where Bond actively goes out of his way to not fuck a woman. Oh, give um, him a medal. And then he has sex with Pierce Brosnan's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, and then they just like swim out of this like grounded nuclear submarine. Um, yeah, yeah, they're fine, and then they don't get the bends. No, because they exhale on the way up. He, he, Is that how you do he, it? He, t- he told her, "Remember to exhale on the way up." I thought that had to do with like how you rise faster, but okay. I mean, I don't, this movie just had them take weapons grade plutonium and make a fuel rod out of it. I don't know how much we want to. We lost focus our suspect when she committed suicide on the balloon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you get the. Uh, this Taking is the job in hand. This is so Moonraker when they go back to, you know, because Bond and, and Denise Richards escape. And then we cut back to the, the Scottish castle. <laughs> I had a laugh. When they wave at this boat passing, the, the people, people just, just wave, wave back. Yeah. And they keep on sailing. So back in the Scottish castle, they're like, M and company, you know, M shows back up with your boy there. Was Charles it Robinson. Charles Robinson? Yeah. Um, Colin Salmon. And, and it's like, it's Y2K, right? I like guess it's that's New Year's. Yeah, so Bond and Christmas have disappeared on like a fuck vacation to celebrate. They're in Istanbul. They're just like Are they still in Istanbul? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're like they're like almost like in the ending of an Austin Powers movie here. There's fireworks behind them and they're on the balcony. They're having some uh some champagne. Aren't you gonna unwrap your present? Yeah. Always wanted to have Christmas in Turkey, and she's like, Is that a Christmas joke? And it's like, what do you think, dummy? <laughs> they they make it's out time to unwrap your present. He, he kisses with tongue. Like James uh, Bond. So okay, so much like like a View to a Kill and many other Roger Moore movies, the whole office basically culminates in watching Bond fuck via fancy new surveillance technology. <laughs> it's like this satellite that can see body heat, and at first it just looks like someone lying down. I mean, let's just think about because like another you know some legs are going to spread below this Shadow figure on top, in a moment. Yeah, what's going on here right now? <laughs> They're just like lying right on top of each other. Do the corpse. <laughs> Because they're like this for a while. It's like, it's getting redder. It's getting hotter. And then uh, some like legs spread out. And they're like, oh my, hit the escape button. 
and then just the just an all time like worst well, like, Bond, line ever. I thought Christmas only came once a year. Uh, I didn't want to say it, yeah. but like Bond is not only like an HR nightmare. I feel like he's actively finding ways for them to like see his junk or whatever. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I feel like like Tanner or Robinson will get a call and Bond's like, "Did you open my email attachment?" And it's like a picture of his sack. I, they've all seen it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that's got to be one of the worst. Ending uh, double entendres and I bet, ever. I bet they fought for it too. Who do you think fought for it? I I cannot imagine that Brazen fought for it. Brazen was always like fighting for like more intimacy and nudity, yeah. but I don't think he would have fought for that line. Well, he wanted things to be dark. He wanted things to be adult. Yeah, it was like, what if we? He wanted what if to be we played Crown Affair. Yeah, what if what if it was like actually an adult movie where like when they had sex, you like you, they weren't covered in sheets in just the right way, you know? I feel like he showed up at the the. The pre-production means are Thomas Crown Affair, and he's just like, I need to be having fun, and I need tits. <laughs> I know that we don't need them in this movie. I don't care. I'm an adult, and I want tits. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the movie. James Bond will return. Um, he will live to die another day. Yeah. Die another day is a bad movie. I mean, GoldenEye was definitely his best movie. It's weird. I feel like for... I, I know you like Quantum Solace, but for Craig, I feel like Casino Royale was easily his best, and then it's just kind of a yeah a downward trend. I feel like they had to be stunned that Skyfall was such a success. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're like, oh shit, we made a ton of money for well, some reason. Well, but see, okay, so the Bond franchise is so reactive. You have one movie that's good, and you try to repeat part of it and like experiment in the next one, and it's mm-hmm. usually a huge failure. So the one after that is like a little more back to basics, and then they chase that by like doing something ludicrous. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, well, like, what the hell are we going to get with this last Daniel Craig Bond movie? It's just, have they picked the director? I can't remember. It's not, so. it's not what to say. I know it? people, they, they delayed it's not something. not the American so, Beauty director. So right? they're hoping Sam Mendes will come no, back. No, no, don't, no, don't bring him back. Fingers crossed that it's Nolan. Uh, yes, I don't know. Sure. Well, the problem is. I mean, Nolan's been threatening to make a Bond movie forever. So well, a lot of people well. have been threatening. Yeah. Spielberg threatened. Tarantino really. Threatened. I don't know if they'll, Nolan would get the uh, the creative control that he That's would want. That's the thing is is the problem is you Michael G. Wilson, you're Barbara Broccoli's. Mm-hmm. They they hold too much control to be wrested away. Um. Anyway, just needs more. That was the world is not enough. Hope you enjoyed this discussion of an 18 year old movie. Movie's too old for uh, Roy Moore. Um, yeah, so this is like our uh, pseudo early Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll come more than uh, once a year for us. Maybe. Oh, I said it now. Anyway, we'll be back probably next week. Probably. Although, no, it's too. I, I think we'd have to skip too many weeks. So I was thinking if we did episode eight when the last Jedi came out, but I think we'd have to like not do an episode for two weeks. And it probably doesn't work. Holy shit balls! Is it only two weeks away? It's like three weeks away, I think. Oh. Like two and a half weeks. You know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next time to talk about stuff. If you have any suggestions, feel free to tweet at us at HeadcanonPod. Goldie's character is named Bull. Bull. That's dumb. That's dumb. I think we're done here. Yeah, we're done. Whatever. Bye. Doodaloo.